I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. This is episode number 18 of the top 40 episodes of all time countdown. It does not surprise me that this made the countdown because of all the feedback I received on it. Thank you for that. Uh, This one is extremely close to my heart because it's an interview with my brother, Tom. Immediately, not immediately, but very soon after he overdosed and nearly died. And we talk about his journey with addiction, how he started in drugs, how it got to where it is, his relationship with them. And uh, it's a sort of bittersweet to share this one because I did one follow-up episode and uh, I was hoping to do more. And, you know, maybe I will, but the reality is that he's still an addict. And he, I mean, you know, People in programs and whatever will go. You're always an addict. And yeah, okay, fucking sure. If you want to cling to your whole identity as a drug addict when you've been sober for 20 years, fine. Find something else. Fucking move on. (laughs) I mean, I know you're addicted, but my God. What are you, why are you boxing yourselves in? Anyway, but therein lies the problem is that, uh, you know, you know, for people like that, it's like part of their identity, but they're sober. But then there's people who identify as an addict and that, really keeps them from getting sober that you know there's people who tell themselves this story of this is just my destiny this is who I am it's in my genes there's nothing I can do they give up or relent and while I want to believe that my brother maybe will see a light and change his ways he as far as I know is definitely no longer sober so uh I'm sure he wouldn't love me saying that. And uh, if he's listening to this, which I don't think he is, I don't think he's even going to realize I've put my podcast out. Uh, I hope he figures it out. And the thing that's the thing about addicts. And, you know, I have so much empathy for, uh, you know, that's why I did this episode. And you really, like, see the inside. Uh, I don't know. It's one guy's struggle and everyone's journey is different. And by the way, Dude, the amount of fucking people who are like, you shouldn't be interviewing him because he's not sober. Like, fuck, like people who aren't sober don't deserve to have their voice heard blew my mind. I was like, yeah, that's the fucking problem is that nobody wants to hear from the person who's drug, who's like on drugs. Who's just like, oh, well, when, when you have like a happy story, we'll tell it. We don't want to hear it when you're in the throes of struggling. And it's like, yeah, that's the fucking problem is how, how can you address people's addiction if you just sweep it under the rug? And just and that's the, that's half the battle, I think, is people and to- on top of having their addiction, they're ashamed, so they don't tell anyone that they know. So there's no one there to encourage them to get help. There's no one helping them get help if they have the means. Like, it's a fucked cycle. And I I, I don't agree with that. I think it's just as important to tell the story of someone who's in it as the s- story of someone who got out of it. Because how else are you going to really understand that struggle? How, and, you know, how else can we learn to better see where someone is coming from and why they're struggling. That being said, if you have an addict in your life or you are an addict, 
you know, they love to lie. They're fucking bad. on that note. Speaking of things you're ashamed of, boy, is it like at this point, it's fucking I hope there's some addicts listening to this because you should know. And I'm not talking about, you know, we all have our vices. But if you're fucking strung out on a hardcore drug, you're abusing pills and you're pretending you don't even if you're smoking cigarettes. Everyone knows you're lying. They've just given up arguing with you because it's fucking embarrassing. <sighs> it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm talking to a wall. Like, you can't deny your way into people really believing you. They just eventually go, all right, well, I fucking tried. And I hate that this is my intro for this. It's just like, you know, it's one thing to, to you know, the pain that addiction causes to the person but to the people around them, which then I'm sure cyclically causes them more pain because they feel like they keep putting people they love in pain, which that part fucking sucks. But it's also like, I mean, for fuck's sakes, just look someone in the face and go, yeah, I'm addicted to drugs, okay? I don't know you. I'm trying. I gave up. I decided to be addicted to drugs. Uh, I'm r- I relented. I let go and let heroin. I don't know what to tell you because it's just additional pain when you lie. But wh- I'm but I'm talking to people who inject drugs, and probably anyone who I would be addressing this to surely does not have headphones and is not listening to this. They're probably asleep on a sidewalk. <sighs> Anyways, by the time this comes out. I don't know. I'm headed down to Florida, so I might see him, but that's how it goes, is that uh, there's a family event, and occasionally he shows up, and then sometimes he doesn't, and he says it's because he's working, and I bet sometimes it is, and I bet sometimes it's because he knows you can't cover up the fact that he is using drugs. So, I don't know. I hope he figures it out. I hope anyone who's struggling with drugs realizes that you who you are is not it's not sealed in a fate your story isn't written this fucking the just inevitability of just being a fucking wasted piece of shit and that's just what you're doomed to be is a load of bullshit and like quit bullshitting yourselves i don't know someone's gonna get mad at me for this intro because i need to be more empathetic and i am but it's like i also am fucking mad I'm so fucking mad that people just recklessly hurt themselves and everyone around themselves in pursuit of what? Uh, running from a feeling? That's a that's a thing. Is like how many people are using drugs? Any vice to like escape the way they feel? Just fucking feel bad for a minute. Like fu- like let your emotions come up so you can fucking process them. I don't know. I'm sure I'll get hate mail for this intro, but. <laughs> But I hope it hasn't turned you off from listening to it because that wasn't the point. I just am, uh, you know, I, I think anyone who has someone they love that's an addict goes through cycles uh, and especially trying to break your own habits of codependentness and, like, let people do their own thing. It's, it's fucking hard. It's a reason there's a whole program full of people who, like Al-Anon or adult children of alcoholics, people who are heavily affected and they don't even have the fucking addiction and they need a support group to and by the way I am I know I sound I'm not shitting on that at all it just is telling 
of how many people are deeply affected by this. And it's like, I don't know. It just fucking sucks. And it doesn't seem like anything's being done to curb it in terms of like a government, medical, whatever. Because so many people are getting, still getting addicted to opiates from painkillers. And the way that like, I've had doctors d- uh, prescribe me painkillers for minor surgeries when I go, no, no, thank you. And I don't even have a history of addiction. I've just seen what it does. And they go, well, just in case. And it's like, what are you, uh, I don't know, trying to subdue the entire population and let people die off? It, uh, maybe. But it's like, at that point, just fucking kill us. Okay, well, that's, at least we won't be shitting in the streets and racking up more medical bills. I don't know. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it's like, oh, if we keep them addicted. Oh, yeah, of course, that's the point. It's not that they want everyone dead. It's that they want everyone to keep buying their fucking drugs. I hate everything. Anyway, (laughs) this is episode 18, and I hope you find it insightful and interesting. Um, If if you have an addict in your life who you're no longer able to have conversations with or just, you know, and, you know, because they fucking go into hiding. They disappear because they don't want you to know. Um, uh, Everything in this conversation I had no idea about when I asked my brother about it. I wasn't leading him with questions. I didn't know any of these things. So I don't know. Maybe it can give you a peek at what's going on inside the mind of someone you love uh, or an idea of what could be. Either way, uh, it is an interesting episode, and I am grateful that he uh, was willing to have the conversation with me. So please enjoy this conversation with my older brother, Tom, number 18 in the top 40 episodes of all time, Inside Addiction. Here we are uh, at the Orlando Regional Medical Center with my brother, Tom. Hi, I'm Tom. Say hi to the people, Tom. Hi, Um, people. Hi, people. He says he waved to the microphone. I have to tell you that driving over here, uh, the exit I had to take was toward, it was like exit toward Epcot. And I was like, it's really weird exiting toward the happiest place on earth on your way to see your brother in the hospital. It's weird. Yeah. Um, So we're here to talk about the D word. (laughs) Drugs. <sighs> uh, we're They're fun. Gonna, yeah. Sometimes. We are, uh, by the time you are listening to this, I've already filled you in on the situation with my the intro that I'll upload later. So they kind of have a, an, an idea of what's going on. But let's start from, uh, let's start from the beginning. How you got into these uh, so-called drugs. These, so, these are very real. They are drugs. They are definitely drugs. Um, Don't waste your money on fake drugs. When did you, on fake drugs, Um, when did you get into, what was the first drug you did? Pot? No, the first drug I did, I could probably think like, you know, psychiatrist for, you know, like when I was a kid. Oh, Ritalin. Yeah, like, you know, like speed, good old fashioned speed. Everybody loves speed, right? Yeah, you were on Ritalin for your ADHD. ADHD medication at a young age, like, probably like eight or nine and they're like oh yeah you're super hyperactive here have speed do you think that which makes no sense by the way but i guess it works allegedly if you not allegedly but if you have adhd it it programs your brain differently than someone who doesn't so it's supposed to help you focus do you remember that do you remember it making you i remember it sort of but like i mean for the most part like i was a kid and like I mean, your structure is totally different, like, when you're a kid. Like, I've done, like, I've done methamphetamines as an adult. Like, yeah. And it's totally, like, woo. It wasn't, <laughs> like, it wasn't, like, oh, man. Uh, I have ADHD, so this is, like, uh, whoa. <laughs> it was, like, definitely, like, woo. Like, 
it was definitely like a ride. I don't remember it being like that when I was a kid, but like as far as the first drugs I ever did, it's definitely speed and like just that whole hit him with, you know, Ritalin. And Do you think that that's like a, I think that ADHD is massively overdosed or overdosed, overdiagnosed. I think it is. Or, or overly treated. I think that sometimes it's easier to write off a kid being a kid. Yeah, and it's, like I think it might be just a symptom of something, like, way larger than that. Trauma or something? Not even necessarily trauma. It's just, like, maybe an overactive brain or, like, someone who has a lot of energy or, like, they don't really fit into the norm or not even fit, but, like, maybe they have their own way of thinking about how shit should be and, like, people are like, I don't think so. You're eight and you don't know. Like, and you're like, not able to sit at a desk all day. There's something wrong yeah, with you. Like, what's, you can't sit here and focus for eight hours a day? You can't be a potato? Well, a potato. Then you're just you can't be a tomato. You gotta <laughs> Wait, be a potato. This is this is a potato school. <laughs> this is we don't have tomatoes here. But here, take this pill. It's gonna make you a potato tomato. And you're like, oh, tomatoes and potatoes. Did you? But you, there were, uh, wasn't uh, dad stealing your Ritalin? Yeah, he was, and he was replacing it with fucking sugar pills. Wasn't the there a point that like? Uh, you figured that out, right? Yeah, I did. It was like mom couldn't handle you one day. Yeah, and I was like, Dad, and it was like I knew I don't know my dad was stealing my pills. You just like, knew you were taking a different pill. Yeah, I knew it was something different because it wasn't affecting me the same way. And like, I mean, not to say that like the Ritalin was working or whatever. Maybe it was, but I mean, how the fuck would I know? My dad was stealing them, giving me sugar pills. What the fuck? Well, like, remove that and then also give any kid sugar. Yeah, right. Like, like, especially me. I'm like, oh, hopped up on ADHD medication. Let's give him sugar pills, like. You know, I think he even, like, gave the ones at my school. I think that's how he got them first. He, like, put sugar pills in the bottle for the ones at school. Oh, they, they were give giving to me at school. Oh. Like, they were giving me Ritalin at school. But, I mean, for all I know, the nurse at school could have been fucking taking them. I don't know. Okay. So, that is that how they found out that someone was stealing you? No. Your... Like, I think mom figured it out. I don't know how. She was drinking a lot back then. But, like, I think she figured it out. I remember her telling a story of there being a day where you were just acting hyper and mom being the mom that she is is like why are you acting so crazy (laughs) (laughs) she's like couldn't handle children (laughs) and uh i remember her telling me this story i don't know if you'll remember it but her repeating that you were like, well, those pills you've been giving me aren't my pills. Like, my pills normally say... Like, you were already hyper aware of, like, what pills look like. Yeah, I You're was. Like, like, I knew what I was taking, and, like... I, and know, I think I it was... Su- was it sugar pills? I thought she said you were getting stuff replaced with Sudafed, but that could just be a thing I made up in my head. I mean, Sudafed makes sense, but, like, I mean, I think there were That's sugar pills. If there was Sudafed, like, that makes sense, like... I feel like that would calm you according down. According to, like, <laughs> Dad, he was, like friends with like the biggest meth cook in loosedale mississippi which is true actually i found out like later on in life that he was is that, that like, was that tommy yeah tommy debeau man i remember for everyone listening to our knowledge as kids i don't know if you already like figured this out at that time but like i never knew dad was doing drugs until like way later i, I don't know i had a sneaking suspicion oh uh, well we'll get we'll get to that uh tommy was just like to my knowledge a man who owned a watermelon farm I never met Tommy. We just would go pick watermelon on his watermelon farm and uh, and visit Benny. Tom, Tommy and Benny. What a, I, any not any me. logical adult would be like, well, I was a little kid. I don't know. You're just like. I, I didn't recognize it either until I got older. And then I was like, I'm wait like, a minute. How oh. did I not see that Tommy, Benny, Susan, 
trailers, Loosedale, Mississippi. No one, own, no one just innocently owns a watermelon farm that they're never at, by the way. Right, and then just let people go pick them. Yeah, just like, go yeah, pick some fine. watermelon. Go pick them, load your truck up, it's fine. Yeah, we would load them up and sell them. Yeah, it was like my first, that was like my first side hustle, like was going and picking watermelons and then selling them in the neighborhood. Like, yeah. And that was how I made money, like thanks to Tommy for that. I wonder if dad spent some of that money on drugs. Oh God, he would probably, he probably got drugs for us working the farm. He'd be like, I bring the kids, they'll work the farm, you can give me an eight ball and it'll be fine. Oh, that's crazy. But you got to remember where they worked at. They worked at Ingalls. It's a shipyard. Yeah, so like they were getting paid to be up and working. So like that was going to be the drug of choice that was there. Oh, so they like were, they had to get up super early. They had like long hours. Yeah, and like this is like, I don't know when methamphetamines was first formulated and took hold of the South, but like this is back when like that was first happening. And like, I mean. So like, not to brag, but. Our dad is kind of a pioneer. <laughs> I guess. Like, I mean, Tommy DeBoe was in the Dixie Mafia, for fuck's sake. Like, Tommy DeBoe. Yeah. That just sounds like a movie character. Man, his daughter, Dixie was, Mafia. His daughter was cool, but, like, she wasn't sweeter than old Sunshine. Who's Sunshine? No, Sunshine, Benny's daughter. Yeah. You guys, these just sound, we just sound like two rednecks for oh, sake. When did you, uh, when did you first know the dad did drugs? Um, man... I found a fucking quarter bag of weed in his sock drawer when I was super young. I was probably nine, nine maybe okay. ten. But, like, I didn't smoke it. Like, I didn't do it. I was kind of scared. Did you so know like, that it, were you like, this is drugs? Oh, I knew what it was. It do was you like, remember why you were in his underwear drawer? Yeah, I was, like, going through it looking for, like, a gun or something. So I was, like... Bored? <laughs> yeah. Because well, we were neglected. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll just find it. Yeah, you looking for a gun? a gun or something. Were you going to kill yourself? Cool. No, I was going to go hunting. Like, I mean... When <laughs> we were hunting in the backyard? House, yeah, we go to Benny's house. They had, like, shotguns, BB guns. I get to shoot them all the time. And I was like, he's got to have a gun around here. He's, like, rednecky. He's got to have a gun. So I searched for, like, didn't find it. Found a big old bat, bat bag of weed, though. Yeah? Sitting in his sock drawer. What did you I do? It. I took some of it, like, some of it. And I went to Dustin Nelson's house, my buddy who lived behind us. And he was like, oh, we can smoke some of it. And I was like, no, I don't. I was scared. I'm not going to do drugs. I don't want to do that. And his brother ended up buying some of it. So you sold it. Yeah, I sold it. And then we went to the little country store and bought a bunch of candy and shit. So, like, that was my first introduction to, like... So you were like, oh, people will buy whatever that stuff in my yeah, dad's drawer and is. And I can, like, use it to, like, buy whatever I want. Like, so that was my first introduction at a really young age, like, how the game worked. I mean, not really the game, but, like, how drugs and, like, profiting from selling drugs worked. is like, well, I don't do this, but, like, I can get it. And, like, at that point, it was pretty much stealing it. And I was like, So then profit. it's, like, 100% profit, and exactly. you don't do it, so you're not... So I'm thinking, I'm doing my dad a favor. I'm like, I'm taking drugs away yeah, from me. Like, poor dad drugs. doesn't, someone probably put drugs in his drawer. I know, I'm saving him. Like, you know, Oh no, the poor guy. So naive. God. Oh, that's so crazy. Did you, do you remember how much you sold it for? Man, super cheap. It was like nothing. And it was a fat bag. I got my ass beat super bad for it too. By dad? Oh yeah. That's such a weird. I got beat. Oh God, I got my that's ass That's a beat. weird thing to like discipline your kid for because it's like well why did you have drugs in the house yeah right and like it's like I who is really beat. yeah yeah like, oh god oh, it was rough i wonder i mean that sounds like time wise if you were like nine i would have been seven so that's not too long before dad left so i feel like 
No, it's not. Was he on meth? That was probably like that was probably like the beginning of the end for mom being like, oh, well, you found th- the kids found drugs in the house. I'm like, I don't know. I don't really see mom. Maybe she smoked a little pot back in the day, but I don't see her being like a speed freak or anything like that. She just drank a lot. No, I think my I think mom. I could see her in her youth recreationally doing drugs probably yeah but not after she had the kids no she she drank drank. all the time and i think that speed would be the opposite of what she wanted because i feel like she drank to shut off her brain yeah she did which i get trying to accomplish something and speed would have just set that back yeah a thousand times so i could see i could see them like maybe smoking it's weird to think you don't i know i remember them having fights about that shit like well, maybe not necessarily the speed, but the weed thing, and like, there's drugs in the house, and blah blah blah. I remember hearing that shit. Like, that's so. You know what's so crazy is that like, you've said that, and mom will like has repeated stories about fighting and how we would just be in our rooms, and like, for some reason, I remember nothing before. Like, I don't remember anything before dad left. Really? Like, huh? And I don't. I am not going to go into my own. I, that there's probably trauma that is like suppressed or whatever, probably. but like, it's just all of my knowledge, like my quote memories of them fighting, is just stories mom has repeated. Fair enough. Like I remember a lot. And of I was stuff. definitely there, just in my room, like mentally checked out, listening to country music, and probably making my Barbies fuck each other or whatever <laughs> weird shit I did as a kid, just <laughs> beating a glowworm and being like, respect me. That never happened. Uh, I would never beat my glowworm. Uh, I love my glowworm. Until mom sold all of my toys in a garage, or the yard sales. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> all of my stuff got sold, too, man. That was, man, she started drinking heavy after dad left, though. Yeah, right? that's crazy. Uh, I remember, there's just, it's just uh, interesting how addiction runs in families. And, like, it really is. Do you think that there's, do you think that you were influenced? into drugs by because of like knowing dad did them or mm. because mom drank i don't know man like i'll be the first person to say like drugs are like drugs make you feel good like i mean that's <laughs> what people do i'm like okay that's the problem with drugs they work they they, they work they're they, they have a purpose and they have an efficacy rate that's off the charts that's why they still use them today in like medicine and like recreational use but like i mean you have to be in a certain mindset to want to even try drugs which i think is a is a place where to me i don't know i guess we'll get there with you when did you actually so that's when you first discovered drugs yeah but like i didn't i didn't smoke it like i didn't smoke the pot i sold it like i was an entrepreneur i wasn't a drug addict how long after that was it before you tried any type of substance or like even cigarettes or something i smoked cigarettes from a young age like really young like with probably. dustin did yeah, you get them from his like yeah, steal them from dustin would go steal packs from his mom and shit like that and like so i mean we i smoked from a young age so like sixth fifth or sixth grade or something probably Maybe earlier like yeah fifth grade god so we i mean i wasn't smoking like a pack a day or nothing like no it was that, just like we're cool we're smoking a cigarette exactly like you know we let like the older kids see us smoke so they thought we were cool or whatever like <laughs> just you know stupid little jitterbug shit but i mean the first like drugs that i did on my own that weren't prescribed by a doctor <laughs> which is odd to say because like yeah the ones that were prescribed by a doctor were like way harder they're like you know brittling and shit like that but I mean, for we the can most pause. Part. Hang on. Nurse coming in. 
And we are back after, uh, I forgot why we stopped originally, and then you I also poop. took an hour to poop. Uh, you guys, uh, boy, the struggle. <laughs> of For real. Trying to get up. How are you feeling? Eh. Yeah. We're winded and... Winded from light. passing wind. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was wind. If anything, it had been mud. <laughs> oh, my God. I should not have brought you a chicken sandwich. This is my fault. No, and then I had lunch on top of that. It was double whammy. Oh, God. Uh, well, whammy. At least you're making it to the toilet now, and it's not just in a pile. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, for that t- the sweet, sweet nurse to clean. Um, <laughs> anyways, you guys, that has nothing to do with anything. I'm just talking about poop because I'm me, and I'm disgusting. Uh, oh, where we left off was you getting into drugs. That's right. Like the whole Ritalin thing, and like. When did you start? When was your first foray into like? I don't want to even recreational drug. When did you use an an illegal, unprescribed drug for the first time? Was it in Mississippi or Alaska? It was Mississippi. Okay. It was pot, and it was oh no, it was pot, and then some pills that we found at Dustin's house. You just took pills. Yeah. Was this when we still lived in Pinehurst? Yeah. It was Dustin Nelson, the guy who lived behind us. That that kid's always up to no good. You know, like. Um, I, I ran into him later on in life. How's like, he doing? I don't know. I, I didn't say it was me, and I just barely knew it was him. Oh, did he look rough? Yeah, he looked really rough. And he was walking, like, by you here in Florida. It was like, he's walking by UCF, and I was skateboarding outside of the University Serpent Sport. And uh, this dude walked up, and he was like, because he always did this thing where he was like, and he spit. He'd like, wipe his mouth, and he'd spit. And he did had a real weird mannerism when he did it and he did it and i was like i was fucking kidding that's so and he weird. asked me for a cigarette and i was like yeah i have a cigarette here he's like then do i know you and i was like this fucking kid this is dustin Nelson." i didn't say anything and he walked off and that's the last time i ever seen him oh that's crazy but it was super weird but yeah i was with him it was just like some pills we found in so that was probably like dad's fifth, house. i mean we moved out out of there when i was in fourth grade so you must have been in I mean, like fifth grade, fourth. I mean, yeah, or, or like at the oldest. Yeah. Fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was pills. It wasn't like weed or anything, because I had smoked pot like before, not a lot, like just a little bit, but like. With Dustin. Yeah. This just troublemaker. What I stole from dad and stuff like that. Yeah. How you doing? Hi. Hi. Should we pause? Yeah. Let's pause. Listen, you guys, we're back after. A, a break, but also me recording for probably almost an hour and not knowing I wasn't... When I say recording, I mean we were talking to microphones <laughs> and I had not yet record. Uh, you guys know. missed a hot story and we're wrapping up now. I'm kidding. Okay. When we left off when I was actually recording, <laughs> I feel so dumb. Um, we were talking about how you're foray into drugs. So the, you tried pop for the first time uh in mississippi and then you like once took a some pills that, but that was like an isolated like let's yeah, take these like pills one time and like i didn't really get into pills until like man alaska alaska like, yeah would you say that like would you say before alaska any i mean it was probably mostly pot and just sort of you being like uh just trying to be like, oh, I want these, you know, I'm a kid, think I'm cool, other kids. like. Yeah, it's mostly like at that age, man, you're pretty much susceptible to like what's around you. So, I mean, that's why like if you're 
from like the south or whatever you have like a meth problem or if you're from up north or you're from the east coast you have like a heroin problem and it's just like it's regional you're doing the what's dr- around. Drug of choice yeah, yeah. You're, it's, your drug of choice is what's around you and like you know so would do you think most drug addicts are just like whatever give me drugs <laughs> i mean no not necessarily like i think you you fall victim to like where you're at yeah. Regionally, maybe if that if that is like a better explanation of it. So like living in our first neighborhood, our so because we went from a suburban neighborhood to uh, we moved to the projects after our dad left. Yeah. Would you? So you in the sub- suburban, whatever neighborhood, you're smoking pot with a kid behind our house. Yeah. And that was kind of like the worst it got, or yeah, pretty much. There wasn't like an introduction to pills or anything until we moved to Westgate, and even then it was like isolated, like. Nicole had found like some I think I think they were like Vicodin or something from her mom or, or so something. this is like fifth and sixth sixth grade yeah, I guess. this is like one time like and, and it's just going just, like what are these yeah and they knocked us out and we were you stupid just took a nap and I we're mean, like we tried to have sex but we were like didn't know what we were doing and like <laughs> that's it, so yeah, funny it was super awkward and fucking <laughs> it's weird like a sixth grader like let's have sex yeah <laughs> joked out on Vicodin like Ugh. you've never had sex and then you nope. can't yeah and <laughs> you're then trying you to do it on have sex and then you're like oh well, that was that was weird then you kind of like get burned out on both of them you're like Okay, maybe we should wait. I'm just gonna wait for love. So, but yeah, but like <laughs> wait for marriage before I do like it again. <laughs> yeah, right. Um. Okay, so we moved to Alaska. You were in seventh grade. Yeah, seventh grade, 1999. Sounds about right. Something like that. Yeah, I remember being in Alaska for the Y2K. Uh, when we moved to Alaska, did you immediately find people that smoked pot? Like, were you or were you kind of like, um. Yeah, but I didn't really, like, soiree into it right off the bat. Yeah. So you just sort of happened to befriend kids? Yeah, and, like, it was, like, before I left, man, I had a really I had a really good friend who was, like, and he helped me out a lot. And, like, his family, they're from Alaska, and, like, I asked him. His name is A.J. Kirby. Oh, yeah, the Kirbys. Yeah, the Kirbys. The, the whole mess of them. The whole clan of Kirby's. Yeah, the whole clan of Kirby's. So, like... Mormon and... Yeah, Mormon. The nicest people Mormon on the planet. Mormon and Mayton. That's what they were yeah, doing. Yeah, there was so many Kirby's. They were, and they didn't have enough. They had to, they had to adopt two of them. So, like, That's they had, All of them were... All the boys were A's, and all the girls were R's. Except for they were Blythe. Except for Blythe and Garrett, the two adopted The two adopted kids. Um, I remember that. I remember being like, oh, we're moving to Anchorage. And because I was friends with Rebecca and being like, you're from there, right? <laughs> yeah. And they were from there. And like, you know, it was they were like, yeah, da, 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 da. And like AJ never really warned me about the whole drug thing. He was just Well, were you guys smoking pot? Well, it, well at mm. that age, you guys probably didn't know about it. Like We, he, we did like his little shitbag cousin Clint would have pot and like we'd smoke it with Clint every now and again. But it was like one or two hits and it would be like on a like a midnight and we'd sneak out and like he'd have yeah. a one hitter and like we'd all take one hit and be like, Oh, we're all so stoned. Yeah, like, but like you know, as we sixth graders, pot. seventh graders, you're like you don't know that there's a huge drug problem. No. Cause you're especially AJ who's like family is Mormon as shit. Yeah, and super like just sweet and if they were aware of that in Alaska, probably I imagine would have tried to shelter their kids from it to protect them from Definitely, it. even more. Yeah, 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 for sure. So so we go to Alaska. When would you say that you got into any type of drugs in Alaska? Let's see. Maybe the summer of like ninth grade. Summer of ninth grade. Yeah. Yeah? What was that or just like 
eighth grade going into ninth grade. Pot again? Yeah, no, it was more like pot and then pills kind of made like a an introduction. Was it anything specific? Um, mostly just Xanax. Xanax? Yeah. Okay. Where did uh did you get that from a friend or were you? Yeah, we found it. Oh, we got it from someone's friend, a friend's mom or something like that. Like, was it from our mom? I feel no, like she would. No, mom. maybe not. I, don't know. I got it from her later on. In like yeah. like, <laughs> no, this is someone else's mom. Like, that was a big drug up there was Xanax because just people had it. Big drug anywhere, I guess at that time. So, I mean, that was like and drinking, and then like that was that just sets the bar for a whole bunch of debauchery and fuckery right there. Just drinking and Young doing kids, Xanax. Yeah, Xanax and. Benzos. Did you alcohol and benzos are just a terrible combination in any, especially when you're like a prepubescent child and like you know you have that kind of stress going on and like your brain's all out of whack. Yeah. Did you ever do anything around that time? You have any like crazy stories? I mean, no. I mean, that you remember? You probably blacked out most of it. I mean, I was like, I stayed at this girl Kelly Bradley's house one time and I jerked off in the sleeping bag. (laughs) That's hilarious. But I also feel like that could just be something a weird, horny little kid would yeah, do. I mean, like, well, oh, I'm going to jerk off in this bag. Like, yeah, I mean, that was like the weirdest that shit I ever got. Like, it wasn't as anything super weird like that. Or no, it didn't really have any <laughs> blackouts that I really remember. <laughs> no, I don't really remember Happy that. camping. Yeah, real happy <laughs> camper I was. Uh, oh, that's... Okay. Well, then, around what, 10th grade? I remember you moving from... You went to live with Dad. Yeah. And what... I don't remember, like, had list for that was did the parents kind of send you yeah it was more like oh if you don't like abide by our rules and this and that then i'm just gonna go send you live with dad and i was like well why don't you just do that anyway and they did that anyway so and you're like okay <laughs> there I went. were you like trying to get them to call your bluff or were you yeah, like i guess i was just like trying to be a dick about or were you it. also like i don't give a shit i didn't really care at that point like yeah i should have cared more because like when i got to florida it was like super odd because dad was like, oh, well, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I smoked a little pot in my day. And, you know, then he wanted to give me the rundown of all the drugs he did. And this Yeah, and that, that happened and to me, too. When I visited when I was 16, yeah, it's and like. it was cool to, like, smoke pot and drink and stuff. Because he's the cool dad. He's the cool yeah, I'm parent. a cool dad. I'm cool dad, number 5.0. Just, uh, if you're going to do drugs, make sure you do them in my house. That's right. He told me that when I, the one time I visited when I was 16. And then when I, before. Make sure you're sharing. Yeah, before I lost contact with him, like at the beginning of college, he's like, if you're going to do drugs, do them in the safety of my home because I know how to handle an overdose, which in reality, I'm like, I think he just wanted me to have drugs and bring them over. Yeah, he definitely did. He's definitely an addict. Like, I was like, you know, I don't really do drugs. He, um, <laughs> he told me the same thing. And like, man, one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had on drugs was with my dad. Really? Oh, yeah. What happened? Fucking super weird. What happened? It was mushrooms. You did mushrooms with a dad? Yeah. Oh, no. It was fucking weird. Really? How old were you? Oh, man. I was like 15. 15? Yeah. And you did shrooms with dad? Yeah. And, like, it was super weird because I got into, like, mushrooms and I went and picked them. And, like, because we lived in Chiliota. Or not, yeah, we lived in Chiliota at the time. And I did, like, a little bit of research, you know, because I'm like that. And, you like, research your drugs? You could go pick them. And, like I went and picked them, and like you know, I knew what to look for. I was like all stoked. I did got, I got. I think I still have the library book out of the high school. <laughs> I fucking. I That's was so into funny it. that that was in a high school. Yeah, I was into it, man. So like we went and picked. I went and picked them, and like got back, and we ate them, and like all he wanted to do was play video games and shit. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, and he didn't know what to do. And I was like, so I just sat in my room and like fucking tripped out. Like with just the lights by yourself off. with yeah, the lights like, off. 
Yeah. How is that? Just I like tripping living, out. I never want to be inside doing mushrooms. Dude, I don't either. I fucking hate it. I have to be outside like now. I can't be inside. I have to like. I need open sky. Yeah. And like it was the worst trip I ever had. It was my first trip and it was the worst trip. And, and like, he just wanted to play video games? Yeah, he's like, let's play these video games. And I was like, what the fuck? No. Let's go do something. And I was like, he's like, no, you can't go outside. You're on drugs. And I was like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck? No, this isn't how this is supposed to go. <laughs> and like, you know, now he wanted to be all parental and shit. And I was like, we just did drugs together. Why are you trying to it's be like, this is parental? where you're drawing the line is outdoors. Yeah, right. Maybe you shouldn't have let me go out earlier when I got the drugs. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wouldn't pick these. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Now I'm on drugs. Like, you know, so Dude. I just like was forced to sit in my room and like freak the fuck out for like, I don't know what seemed like eight hours. It wasn't. But like finally I went to sleep and like that was the worst trip I ever had. Really? Did you cry? Only, it was. the Oh, yeah. It was Did the only yell? bad trip I've ever had. Yeah, I was like in my blanket with a pillow around me, like sweating and like, uh, uh, like freaking the fuck out. It was bad, dude. Yeah. And like I ate way too many mushrooms too. Like the oh first no. time I didn't know how much to eat. So you're just like, nom, so nom, yeah, nom. I probably ate like a quarter ounce. Like I was fucking Jesus. frying hard, man. And like it was bad. Did you have any good spiritual realizations? I mean, how like I, ego shedding that helped or? Yeah, like I guess I got like pretty far along and like. Why I don't trust my dad. Like, <laughs> Pretty like, much figured that out. Why, like, mom and dad got a divorce. I guess I, I nicked that one in the bud right there. Yeah? Yeah, but, like, I came to terms with all that shit, and, like, but, I mean, I never wanted to do psychedelics with my dad again, ever. God. Like, to this day, I won't. Like, I mean, I smoked salvia with him one time, or a couple times. Like, that was intense, but, like, I was already in a different place then. Like, I was just laughing. And he freaked out one time, and it was fucking super awesome. Really? Yeah, oh, God, it was like What, from sweet, salvia? Sweet. Yeah. I don't know. Is that, what is that? It's like, it's like a, a weed herb. that makes you trip? It's like a herb-like thing, and you smoke it, and it has, like, this super psychedelic property, but it only has a psychedelic property if you smoke it a certain way. Oh. You have to, like, burn it with a butane torch and, like, smoke it in a water pipe and, like, hold Why it in for a while. you even know this? Yeah, like, it's... Did I mean, you research that in a book, too? Yeah. Like, I mean, dude, I'm, like, drug child for real. I know a lot about, like, I drugs. mean, imagine what kind of science work you could have done if you were interested in anything as much as you were interested in drugs. Right? And, like, especially at that age, like, when you're, like, a sponge soaking all this shit up, I was just like, drugs. So I know a lot about a lot of drugs, like, especially weird ones, like, salvia and shit like that. Because we used to, I got, I talked dad and Marion into growing it. They were growing it? I was growing it. Oh, so you talked them to They wouldn't let me grow pot, so, like. Because like, salvia, salvia is technically legal. Le it's like an herb. yeah. Because it's like can't bother you unless you do it this really weird specific exactly. way. And you have to take it out and like dry it and then like put it in the freezer. You don't have to put it in the freezer, but like it helps it or whatever. So yeah. you dry it, put it in the freezer and take it out. And you have to smoke it a certain way to like. Get it to have yeah. the effects. That's crazy. Because that, that's interesting to hear because I remember smoking it once in my freshman year of college. Like, oh, let's get, you know, all the freshmen living in a dorm. Like, let's get some salvia and smoke it. And we did. And I was like. Okay, I don't even smoke that much weed, and I don't know if, like, the weed in Alaska is just too good, but, like, this doesn't feel like anything. Dude, no, it's, uh, oh, that shit's intense. That's crazy. And, like, they have different extracts now that you can get, and, like, whoa, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you still smoking? I mean, obviously you're not doing anything here, but... No. Were you frequenting salvia places? No, not really. Like, that's just something you do every now. You don't want to do it all the time. Like, I didn't want to do it all the time anyway. It's fucking intense. Like, what? It's really intense. Yeah? Okay. Especially, like, the 10 extracts or, like, the 15 extract. Like, whoa. Ugh. Like, it makes you laugh super hard. Like, I remember smoking it with Dad and Marion and Jesse. <laughs> and, like, we were all sitting at the table. So weird. I, like, don't talk to any of those people. Dude, we were all sitting at the fucking table. 
and we smoked it out of the water bong with the with the butane lighter and like everybody turned into Playmobil and like started swapping faces and like they had to stop me from trying to walk into the corner which I thought was a door and I was like I'm going to the Playmobil guy's house it's cool he's got something to drink you were like tripping yeah I was tripping balls that's like, crazy it was, was everyone tripping oh yeah but were they all like laughing yeah we were all laughing we that's such a like white trash bonding oh, yeah. we, we all like smoked a, a bunch of salvia and we laughed and laughed yeah Mary and then we played what would we do if we win the lottery yeah, right. For real, we did like that's, well, all, that's, that's all they all ever we talk ever about. To talk about is what we do when we won. The that lottery. was our family game. Yeah, like right. no, we don't need real games, kids. We'll just talk about what, what we'll do when we win the lottery. Because that's how we're gonna have a future. That's the only way. That's, I mean, boy, are they disappointed that they haven't won the lottery yet? I Shit, think that I was their have financial been plan. Playing white trash, but I'm gonna win the lottery one day. Dad's like, I would have gotten a job years ago if I knew it was gonna take this long to win the lottery. No, we wouldn't. No, <laughs> that's true. Um, when would you say? Drugs became a problem. Oh, man. When I moved back to Alaska. Yeah? Yeah. What happened? Ooh. Oxycontin made a resurgence in my life, and, like... Were all your friends doing Oxycontin when you came back? No. No. Okay. We started, like, small. Came back, and for your graduation... Oh, you did come back for my graduation. Yeah. Were you just visiting then? Yeah, well, I was supposed to just visit, and then I ended up staying. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, so, like, uh, I came back for your graduation and um, from high school, and I ended up staying. I ended up having that apartment with Sean and Alexa. Oh, yeah. What was that apartment like? Oh, man, it was weird. <laughs> was it a gross, dirty, like... No. Oh, okay. It wasn't gross or dirty. I mean... I just picture, like... Yeah, we definitely do drugs, and we're a bunch of young kids trying to have our own apartment, but we don't know how to be adults. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was totally like that. But yeah, like, we were growing pot in there and shit, and like, but so you guys were growing like drug. Yeah, it was definitely like a drug house, like definitely like a drug house. But that's when like drugs made like a big, big splash, or we made a big splash into drugs, I should say. Yeah, it's like we started doing like all sorts of drugs. Like we started getting oxys and like lots of them. And like, where were you getting them? Selling from? them. Um, I might have had some friends in Florida that were helping out with that. Oh, yeah, so okay. They were like cheap in Florida, and I didn't really do them there. So like, I would get them, or someone else would get some from somewhere else that they knew. Like Sean went lived in Texas for a little bit. He went to college there, so like he would get them from someone down there. And little Timmy was living. Where was Timmy living? Anyway. You get it from Timmy sometimes. So we had connections all over, like, the United States. And, like, this sounds weird for a bunch of kids who were just, like, out of high school and, like, you know, like, dealing yeah. drugs. Like, you know, we were, like, for real, dealing drugs. You were, like, like hardcore drug dealers. Yeah. I mean, we didn't see a problem with it or we didn't see anything wrong with it. Did you feel like, like that. you didn't? You no, never felt like, what like, the fuck am I doing? No, we weren't like, yeah, we're big time dope pushers and shit. We didn't see it like that. We just okay. saw it as, like, hey, man, we have, like, this opportunity to make a little bit of money and, like... That's how we looked at it. Did you feel like this is just going to be a temporary thing we did, and one day we'll be like, oh, we were kids, and we made a bunch of money. And exactly. Like you thought, we'll do it for a little while, make some money, and then figure out what we're doing with our lives. Yeah, until it like totally fucks up your life. And, like, But, I mean, I think that's how everything starts, is like innocent, and then it just gets out of hand, and it just tumbles into something that you never could have fucking fathomed, and like it just gets so much worse than you ever imagined. Yeah? When was yeah. the first? Uh, when was the first time you went... Um, that you were like, oh shit, this is a problem. I have some. This isn't. What was your first big like? 
oh fuck, this might be getting out of control. Um, man, it was probably when like I got kicked out of like the apartment from by Alexa. Alexa kicked you out? Yeah, because she got like hella like hooked on oxys and shit and like coke and i was started selling coke at the time because i mean that's how i pay my rent sometimes yeah so was she like trying to kick you out as her own like self-preservation yeah like get the fuck out i don't want to be doing all this coke you have a bunch of coke yeah and it was more like she just didn't i I think it was because i just wouldn't give it to her oh okay fuck you she's like angry and on drugs at the time exactly so she made some rash decisions but i mean i can't blame her for that shit just blame the cocaine i guess where did you go after that i moved into ryan's next door and started growing pot and like he taught me how to grow pot and ryan brewster yeah okay yeah so like i moved into ryan's next door and she didn't like that because she thought she was going to get rid of me (laughs) like by this time after like all the oxys and like we were already like push past fucking growing pot and shit and like i was full bore like selling cocaine and oxycontins and like just i wasn't doing a whole lot of it I was more selling it to make money but like it's definitely like dabbling more than i probably should have yeah but you think that like you just weren't aware that you were over dabbling yeah i mean and like i wasn't aware of like how much my friends were dabbling into that shit is either like i wasn't like aware of like how much sean might have been doing or how much alexa was doing because she was fucking off the richter with the coke at this point and like sean was always pretty level-headed and like like we both like the oxys and shit like that so the yeah. coke thing and then our other neighbor red he sold coke you just had a neighbor named red who sold coke of course yeah and like <laughs> i mean if you've lived in alaska or anything you know who this dude is like he was my neighbor and like was, it, was your other neighbor mr c no it was <laughs> it was ryan actually so it was like me in the us in the middle me sean alex in the middle red on this end and then brewster on this end yeah and then the landlord the left and right in the very front of the complex Christy. yeah so like ryan had like cocaine and all this shit then we had like the weed front and then Red sold cocaine too, but like Red's cocaine was super good. So go back from the weed to the cocaine, and then I ended up living with Ryan for a while. We ended up harvesting a bunch of weed. Like, okay. But then at this point, Ryan was all yacked out on coke and like just really far gone on whip it and cocaine. So like I was like kind of not into it. So I think at this point, I moved back with mom. Yeah. Dude, was it when you moved back with mom? Because I, I remember you moving back in, I think right out, like while I was in college. You were moved back in by the time I came back that summer after college. Yeah, but so. was a little of that like you trying to take a step back? Like this is getting out of hand. Uh, I need yeah, to get away it, from it. I think it was like, but at the same time, I was still like messing with the same people and like selling dope and shit like that. Like, to make money. Like, when you say so. dope. Like, at this point, it was coke. Coke, okay. Yeah, it was cocaine at this point. Um, And what were you... Were you doing cocaine regularly? What were you doing regularly? Not really. I was more like smoking pot regularly. And, like, I was just getting into smoking oxys. Smoking oxys. Yeah, smoking them. How does that... How do you smoke an oxy? You take it and you take the coating off. Yeah. And then you can only do this with, like... OCs like the old formulations. Yeah, I don't even know what they look like. Did it used to be like a capsule type pill? No, they were just oh. a hard pill, and you suck the coating off, and then there were this white pill, and then that you put it on the foil, and then you could smoke it. Does the coating taste like M M&M? and M? Um, like how Advil sweet. do? Yeah, you know. 
I was like, I could have made a killing being that person that sucks the coating, <laughs> that candy yeah, right. flavored coating off of drugs. For real. Uh, but no, it doesn't really taste like and that. And what you just smoke it, what, like on, in a pipe? How a does foil. that. You smoke it on a piece of foil. I don't even understand how that you works. Break it like you break it in half. You don't have to, but like that's the best way to so you can get the innards of the pill. Like you put it on the foil and you like freebase it. You like like you light, light it, it and then you and you run it down the foil and you just you like huff the, the smoke. Oh, yeah. Okay. So like I always wondered. I didn't it was know smoking them and then like I had you at that point. The first time you smoked an oxy, you didn't go. Maybe I have a problem. No, I was like, this shit's fucking cool. So you were just like, this feels good. I'm having fun. Yeah. And like, it was what I thought was like almost instant when you smoked it after that first hit. You were just like, whoa. It, was it just a whole different feeling from taking yeah, it's it? Yeah, it's a whole different Is it like monster. just next level of? Yeah. So that was, you'd like leveled up in drug. Pretty much, yeah. I graduated, so to speak. Yeah. Okay. So did that, did that become like a habit? Oh, yeah. Instantly. Immediately. Like, and then I, man, that's all I wanted to do was smoke oxy. So like, that's all everybody wanted to do was smoke oxy, smoke oxy. So, I mean, those things weren't fucking cheap. They were like 120 bucks a pop. Yeah. So how are you paying for those? All different ways. Selling coke, selling drugs. Selling drugs just to get more. So you were selling other drugs so you could afford your drug habit. Yeah. Oh man. Did you ever do anything crazy to get drugs? Oh fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like lots of times. Okay. Lots and lots of times. I, uh. I won't ask you to go into details because no, I don't know not. what the legalities around this are. Yeah, I hope you haven't said anything to this point yet that could <laughs> incriminate myself. Incriminate I'm not trying you. to, but yeah, no, I've done some wild shit for dope. Um, like, yeah. Any, uh, is there anything you can share? Anything you'd be willing to share? I mean, or just like, did you start selling off shit? I remember a bunch of my stuff going missing. Did you sell my stuff for drugs? I mean, probably not. I was more inventive, like... Because I lost a guitar and a Nintendo system. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I did that. Like, I could have had a dope bag friend over that was like, oh, let me get this. Like, oh, you know, okay. that's completely possible. But, I mean, like, whatever. I tried not to, like, take my fucking family stuff and sell it for dope just because I was like, I'm not going to be that guy. So You're like, because like, then, then you have to go, maybe I have a problem. Yeah. And then I just go to someone else's house and take their shit and sell it for dope. So. Yeah. Well, I think we all, like, I think all addicts or anyone even dabbling toward addiction probably has, like, that mental barrier set up of, like, you know, as long as I'm not doing this, I don't have a problem. Like, exactly. when I smoked pot, and I still occasionally smoke pot, I just don't do a lot of it. But I remember, well, I, I don't buy it, so... Because that was back when, like, I thought, ooh, weed, you know? Like, yeah, which like, sounds ooh. so stupid now that it's, like, proven Legal. to help yeah, and right. is good for, especially, like, I have pain, it helps. But it's, like, well, as long as I'm not buying it, then, I'm not, I'm not then I don't have a problem. Exactly. You have a whole stigma that you put yourself on certain stuff and, like, as long as I don't do X, then I don't have a Y. So when you were smoking oxys, what was your... As long as I'm not doing this, I'm okay. As long as I'm not shooting them, I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. I was like our like little <laughs> motto. Like, well, we're not shooting them, so like, we're, not, we're okay. We're not injecting, so we are not yeah, real not, addicts. We're not addicts yet. So that was so wrong. Okay. Yeah. Should I pause? No, you're fine. Okay. But so that was like, that was the like, where the bar was set is like, as long as we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not addicted or whatever like so you know we're not banging them so we're not we're fine we're well it's fine. also we're like fine. at that time you weren't doing this is prescription pills so yeah. like what like 
you had never done, had you done heroin at that point? No. Was that also a bar? Like, well, I'm not doing. Yeah. How do you feel about heroin? Like, I was like, totally, nope, 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 nope. Were you like a snob? Like that's for yeah. I was like, oh, only like I'm just having that. fun. Like that's for junkies. Yeah, like there's a there's an old Sublime like lyric where he's like, I'm a funky, not a junkie, but I know where to get it. Like, <laughs> so that's kind of like how you kind of like that's how I judged it anyway. I was like, oh, I'm not a <laughs> um, junkie. I'm a you, funky. You you like, judged it cool. based on the lyric of a man who died overdosing on heroin. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, what can you do? Goals, right. Uh, you know. So like, but I mean, the oxy thing is just like it's way worse than like heroin ever could be just because of that stigma like i mean not now like but just because you think it's not that bad because this prescription yeah it's a prescription it's fine but you weren't like well it's not my prescription but you're like but they give it to people all the time exactly and they're like they don't give heroin to people like you know yeah but they do it's just formulated different it has a pill and it's stamped oxycontin yeah wow yeah so that was like a big stigma that you don't really see when you're young and dumb and like just blind to that whole thing when uh so obviously you were just doing that and having fun and selling drugs to get more drugs pretty much at at what point i feel like i just asked this maybe not at what point did you go like uh, did you at a certain point realize it was a problem? Um, yes and no. Like, a problem is, like, something you can't have a handle on, and, like, everybody thinks they have a handle on it until something totally happens that's out of your control. Yeah? And, like, for me, like, something that happened that was totally out of my control was a friend of mine died. What's and that? Shit got real. Like Ryan passed away. Yeah. And that was And then everybody was like everybody kinda took a step back and was like, What the fuck are we doing? How long did that step back last? Not very long, maybe like a day. You're like, like, Oh my god. Maybe like a week. Because I was living with Ryan. When he died? Um No. No, I was I think I was Sean. home that summer. Was it I during was the summer? I was living with Sean when Ryan died, but like right before that I was living with Ryan because Alexia had kicked me out. And I had moved in with Ryan, and we spent that Christmas together at Ryan's house. And uh, Growing Ryan, little Christmas trees to sell to people. Ryan, yeah, we had <laughs> harvested. Weed. Yeah, Ryan had just harvested, and this is my first harvest. So Ryan harvested. The nostalgia of a good harvest. Yeah, and we, were, we had so much pot, like all different kinds, like Toronto maple, like some super nice blueberry kush, like just all types of fucking fun stuff. So... We sold a bunch of it, and, like, Ryan was just hopelessly addicted to cocaine at this point and whippets. And, I mean, I wasn't, like, not doing that kind of stuff. I was, like, right there with him, like, yeah, let's do, like, a line or two and do some whippets and shit. Do you think you may have been just as addictive, but you, like, rationalized it? Yeah, I think maybe. I was probably just as addicted, but... Because everyone, everyone else probably thinks, like... It's like when you go to a psych ward, everyone there is like, everyone else here is crazy. And you're like, yeah, exactly. we're all here. <laughs> Everyone's here, yeah. And I remember, like... That was a cool time, I guess, because, like, it was right around Christmas break, and we had, like, all our old friends were back from college, like, all the old girls that we hung out with, like, Crystal and, like, Lisa and a bunch of other people. They came over to Ryan's house, and we had a bunch of pot and, like, So you guys are, like, so cool, and these girls are, like, oh, my God. Exactly. So we, like, kind of lived up the whole, like, you know, gangster mentality, like, rock star thingy or whatever. That's where, like, a lot of the coke comes in. Yeah. Just like, yeah, 20s on your titties, bitch, like, for real. Yeah. Like, you know, we had a good time. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know, you're going to have a good time when you have, like, lots of drugs and money. <laughs> so, like, 
you know, we had a good time, and that's like, that's kind of the shit that happens when you have like, you know, drugs and money. Yeah. You end up having a good time. Go figure. Not all the time. Yeah, here we are in a hospital. Yeah, here we are in a hospital for drugs. No money, just drugs. Well, you'd had more money. Yeah, if only. Uh, <laughs> Be um, a hospital. Okay, so he when he died, there was like a very brief, oh shit, what are we doing? Yeah, there was a big eye opener there. Like, it was a huge eye opener for a lot of people, and then like. Only for a short amount of time. And, and then immediately back into drugs. Got depressed and went right back into drugs. And like a whole lot of them, just different ones. Were there ever moments where you were like, after that, where you're like, wow, I, that didn't stop me. Maybe I do have a problem. No. 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 You never thought you had a problem. I mean. At that point. No. I was like, well, you know, I got a pretty good handle on this and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, I mean, maybe you just don't really think about it when you're like that deep into it. But. I just never really, never really kind of came up. Okay. So, so I never really thought I had a problem. When did you go from... So at some point you went from Oxys to heroin. Yeah. How did that happen? Is it just a money thing? Um. Yeah, it was more like a money and a, like, a can you find it time, like, thing. How did like you rationalize that? Oxys like, were hard to find, and I was like, that's that was where my line was at, was like... I'm not doing heroin. I don't have a problem. So then when you couldn't get oxys, you were like, how did you mentally? I just really wanted to get high one day and I was like, well, fuck it. I'm just fucking do it. Were you like, fuck it. I'll just have a problem. Or were you just like, I'll just do it once and then I'll find oxys and I'll be fine. Yeah. I was like, I'll just do it this one time and it'll be all right. It'll be fine. So I, like, self-rationalized, like, with myself. or was like, no, it's just going to be this one time, and, like, you'll get an oxy tomorrow, and then, like, whatever, and, then like, come to find out, like, smoking heroin's, like, way cooler than smoking oxy's, like... It felt, like, way, oh, yeah. like... So you leveled up again. Yeah, and I was just like, whoa. Was anyone in your life expressing concern at this point? Not really. They're all doing it with me. Yeah, so all your friends... Yeah, there was no, like, voice of reason. And I... I think I was in college, but I didn't... Yeah. I somehow just didn't know that you were doing yeah, all of this. Yeah, you had no idea. Like, Keegan or Nathan were had you no living idea. At, when you were living at the parents' house, they never were like, is anything going on? No. I guess that shows... I have a pretty decent handle on all that. Like They don't know. Um, uh, well, they don't pay attention. No, they didn't really pay attention Which is, much. I mean, as long as you were downstairs and not fighting with Terry and leaving a messy kitchen, like, you yeah, could have been lighting other fine. people on fire. I don't think they would have noticed. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like, with heroin doesn't stink when you smoke it, like... Were you smoking in the house? Yeah. Oh, dang. Yeah. Like, all the time. Were people coming over a lot because it was like, we could smoke in my house? Yeah. We'd, like, come by, like, oh, we could smoke in the garage, and, like, you just light a cigarette, and then, like, you have your little foil right there, you take a hit. It just smells like cigarette. Yeah, it just smells like cigarettes, so, like... And then, and mom smokes cigarettes in the garage, Exactly, and I smoke cigarettes in the garage. But it's like, yeah, and it's fine for you to smoke cigarettes. For real. So, I mean, Um, it was a whole, like, thing, but, like, man. What was the lowest point? Because at some point you moved... This was what I thought, and correct me if I'm wrong. Eventually, you you like reconnected with Dad and moved to fl- to Texas, and I was under the impression that that was to get sober. It was at first that was like the main goal was to like move back in because I was like, what happened leading to that? Like in a tight spot, I like, man, I fell off super hard, and like, I got a. I got a bunch of heroin sent from Texas. Who did you know in Texas? My old friend, Timmy. I mean, I'm not trying to 
but you had never lived in Texas at that point. No. So there was someone who would that you knew From who Alaska had moved to Texas. Okay. In Texas. And somehow that those drugs made their way to Alaska. Yeah. A uh, whole like almost an ounce of heroin. How Okay, just to give people listening who don't do drugs, which is probably most of my listeners. How I don't know so like with weed it's like, oh, an eighth is like a bag that'll last an you for a little while. Ounce. It's like three point five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With heroin, how much are you doing? What? How? What's like a like you know like for me? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna smoke a bowl. You know, one bowl. A tenth. A tenth. So of it's a, a tenth gram. of a of a gram. Yeah. And you had an ounce. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Did you just? Was your? Were you thinking? Oh, I'll sell this. Yeah, and I did. And how like, did you? How much did you sell versus do? Oh, I sold a lot of it. I made a whole bunch of money. Yeah. I had fucking stacks of fucking hundreds and shit. Like I had to send that mo- a lot of that money back, but then that paid for another ounce. Like Yeah. It started with a half ounce and then got it sent right to the house, man. Right to mom's house. Yeah. Yep. It's crazy. Came in the mail. And they had no idea. Nope. Our parents are oblivious well, to I mean, My mom was like in fucking Afghanistan at this time and it was just Terry and me. Oh, so and like, Terry just is like glued yeah. to his recliner. And yeah, so like... Sean had got the same person to send him some, and he fucked it off hella bad. Like, so this person was real untrustworthy, like, at first. was like, dude, if you fuck me over, you're going to have a big fucking problem. And, like, oh, I was like, all right. Boy, did we. <laughs> oh, God, did we ever. So he sent it to me, and, like, the first couple runs went great, because I went from a half ounce to an ounce and a half the next run. Okay. So he sent me a half ounce, and fucking boom, I got rid of all of it. Boom, and I mean, I got rid of all of it fucking fast. Yeah. So it was good, and it was from Texas, and it was some fire. Everybody started buying it. They're like, boom, boom, boom. And I ended up smoking a whole bunch of it. Like, yeah. And all fucked up. So you became heroin guy. Yeah. You were the guy. Yeah. Like. Okay. Yeah. And like, everybody was like, oh, yeah, you got, he's got that fire and blah, 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 blah. So that lasted for like maybe three or four runs, maybe, f- maybe five. I, mean, I think five runs it lasted for. Yeah. But each run was like an ounce and a half, an ounce and a half, and then it was like two ounces. And then I was like, okay, this is going too much, too fast. Like, I'm going to end up getting like a fucking pound in like a month or two, and I just, that's too much. Yeah. So like. You're like, I'm just going to have too much on my hands. I'm not going to be able to. smoking a fuckload of it. Yeah. And like just falling off super hard. And I started having like fucking gangsters coming over to my mom's house, like knocking on the door being like, yo, man, uh, yo, fucking, oh boy, wondering where his money's at. And like I'd be all dipped out from like smoking dope all day, and I'm like, huh, what, huh, what the fuck? And they're like, yeah, give us that money. And I'm like, what? Nah. So then I have to go to like MoneyGram and go send out like a couple grand, like to go fucking down to Texas. And I found out like the person that I was fucking getting the dope from was like not paying his people in Texas, so like he had a problem. And I ended up falling off on a payment that became a larger payment, and then he ended up coming up to Alaska, and we had like an issue or whatever. Like, yeah. Ended up having to pay him back. Like it was just a fucking mess, man. Yeah. Yeah. We, it was just a huge. Were mess. you uh, were you living at mom's house yeah. this whole time? Oh yeah. And they had no idea. No, nah, mom was in Afghanistan. It was just Terry and Terry, Terry had no fucking idea. At some point, didn't you? Did you get kicked out? Did you move out? Me and him had like a fight or something, and like I ended up getting kicked out. I think. Didn't you? Okay. He called the cops on me like once or twice, and then like I broke what the for? window of Do his you know? truck. I'm not really sure. Yeah. He just didn't want me to live there. I think I'm not. I think because Keegan was living there and he maybe he didn't know exactly what I was into. But, but he, he thought something was, shady was yeah. up. Yeah. 
because I mean I wouldn't make like drug deals at the house. I'd always go to the stairs, like or like into the neighborhood. Yeah, they're like. Or like down the street, like past, like or down to Quinn's house and just sell dope out of Quinn's house. Yeah. Sorry about that, buddy. It's fine. Nobody knows who these people are. Yeah, but I mean, if you ever heard that, just go out and meet people in like the driveway and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get a cigarette. I'm going to get a bag of weed or whatever. And like, just go out there and like make knocks and shit or go to make Chevron and fucking go pitch my little wares. But damn, I mean, did yeah. you ever get like strung out? Yeah. Yeah. Like where I would be dope sick and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Was and this I, around the same time? It wasn't so bad because I was only smoking it at this point. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't shooting it. Like I didn't really shoot it till I moved down to Texas. Really? Did you did you move to Texas to get sober or did you move there because to get away from a drug people? I moved to Texas to do a lot of stuff to get like away from people that like not necessarily wanted to cause me harm, but just were negative for me. And to get were clean. there some people that wanted to cause you harm? Yeah, probably. Do you like owed money to or something? Yeah, definitely. Probably still do. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Bygones are bygones, and most of those people are probably dead or in jail right now. But like, <laughs> I don't God. know. I don't want to risk it. <laughs> yeah. So I went to Texas just to be safe and, you know, like. What, did you have any intention of cleaning up? Yeah, I had every intention to clean it up. I like, I started going to school. I like enrolled in medical assisting school. And, you know, I was trying to do the right thing and like... You were doing pretty good at that, was, right? Yeah, I was doing pretty decent. And were shit. you still doing all the drugs then? Yeah. All of it, so... Yeah, I was still... Well, I mean, it didn't. I didn't get heroin right away. And then, like, my friend Ben came to live with me, which is probably a huge mistake in retrospect. Yeah? Yeah, but, like, so... But even before Ben came to live with me, I, like, figured out how to score pills and shit there, like... And I'm not talking, like, Vicodin and shit. I'm talking about, like, Oxys and Opanis and Dilatids and, like, the cool shit. So, like, the heavy, heavy yeah. painkillers. Heavy painkillers. Then when Ben got there, like, started shooting up and shit like that again. And, like, it was just all bad. Yeah? Yeah. The, f- so. the first time you shot up, were you with friends? I was with Ben. Had he already done it? Yeah, he had already. He had been, like, banging stuff for a while. Is he the one who showed you how to do it? Yeah. Did you ever go at that point where you're like maybe i have a problem no 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 i was like i've been wasting my drugs <laughs> wow yeah instead of like snorting like two delighted i like shoot a half of one and be like whoa in retrospect looking back on this are you like oh shit i had a problem yeah i had a huge problem but when you're in it you're just like it's it's our ego. Well, it, like a, itself. I had like a wasting drug problem. If I looked at it back then, so I was like wasting the drugs. I wasn't like I wasn't doing them right. I was like, yeah. you know, now you're like them. I had a drug problem back then. You're like I'm not getting enough drugs in me. I could have yeah. been get, getting higher. Exactly for way less drugs. Like you know, could have saved so. so much money. Exactly because you think like oh this will just last me longer and it's like no you're just gonna need nope. more drugs. Exactly and that's exactly what happened. And it just is a weird cycle to like be in. And unless you're in it, you didn't. It's kind of hard to explain to someone like. So you went to medical assisting school, but you were doing drugs that whole time. Oh yeah. Okay. And so I was doing drugs and I was selling drugs at the medical assisting schools too. Sometimes you were. Yeah. How did that work? I don't know, I'd just get some drugs and then like go and to school with them and like. People wanted drugs. Yeah, so. people like drugs. So start out with pot, and then people are like, "Can you get cocaine?" I'm like, "Yeah." They're like, "Oh, can you get Vicodin?" It's like, "Yeah." And they're like, "Can you get like other drugs, like cooler ones, like heroin?" I was like, "Yeah." They're like, how about meth? And I was like, yeah, I can get whatever the fuck you want. Like, do you have money? 
That's crazy. What's crazy to me is, and it shouldn't be crazy because it's such an epidemic. It's like you could probably get it anywhere, but like that you manage to find the people who have the drugs everywhere you go. Yeah, it's fucking a skill. Like it really is a skill set. I don't know. It's not a good skill set to have, but it definitely is a skill set. Like me and my buddy Merlin, like still have this conversation when we talk. Merlin. Yeah, man. Shout out to Merle. Oh Wherever God. the fuck he is, but like we could go. You could drop us off anywhere, man. Somewhere that they don't speak English. And we'll you can find, find the, the drugs. We'll find the dope. Okay, so you were in Texas for a few years, lived with dad for a while, moved out, kicked out. What uh, happened there? I think I got kicked out for the most part. And uh, was it because of and drugs? Jesse had a fight. And oh, like, okay, Jesse, your brother, yeah, step or and like step sibling. It was anyway because he had a kid and like a kid, so he, they're not going to kick him out. So they kicked me out. I ended up living with this girl I was dating at the time, Jenny. Yeah. She's a sweetheart. I love her to death. We still talk. She's a good friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah. And she was probably like, she really did give a fuck about me. Yeah? yeah. Was she worried about your drug habit? Um, She didn't really know. I mean, we did like, we smoked pot and drank together. So, but you kept all of the rest of the stuff hidden. Yeah. I definitely kept it hidden. Like we do a little blow here and there and like, that was it. Like, so you had this like whole separate life. Kind of. Yeah. It was like. But when I was with her, like I, I like look back on it now, I wasn't really doing a lot of like I wasn't really doing a lot of like drugs then. It was just like whatever she would do, like. So do you think? I mean, do you think that's cause of her? Do you think you were? Is it? I mean, not her specifically, but like your mental state. Maybe you were feeling it. Yeah, better? I was happy to like be with someone that like I care, like cared about me, like you know what I'm saying? Because she really gave. She was down as fuck for me, man. She did on anything for me. That's amazing. Like, yeah, she was super cool chick. Like we were down for each other. Like you know, I didn't like. She always would think I'd cheat on her with this girl at my work, and I never did, like, <laughs> ever. Like, I mean, uh. I had so many opportunities to fuck this girl at work. I never did, though. Uh. And, like, she thought that I, like, me and her were, like, fucking the whole time, and, like, so she was super insecure about that. Then she ended up cheating on me, like, so it was, like, a whole, like, bang-bang thing. Oh, God. So. But that sucks. It is what it is, man. So I got super depressed and started doing, like, heavier drugs. Heavier drugs? Did, so, like, that was the end of that, and you got back into drugs? Or yeah. Or started I mean, doing more heavy drugs? Started doing more heavy drugs. Be like the... Yeah. Okay. So, how did we get to... Between then and you had your... Oh, overdose. I was trying to figure out a better word. That was like probably what, like a month or two ago now? Yeah, it was like a month and a half like, ago. Yeah, a month and a half. Between that moment and then, was it all downhill? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So you ended up at some point moving from Texas. You again reconnected with dad. Yeah. Or I don't know if you guys hadn't been talking, but you asked dad to come stay with him did you were you planning to get your shit together then i mean i was kind of i was like i'm gonna, I'm gonna move down there and like he lives close to the river i'm gonna fish all the time and like it's Just gonna be cool be and, like, happy that worked out for the most part were you still doing i mean all the drugs at that time no no when i first got here i wasn't i had stashed like i had smuggled probably 60 vicodin Mm-hmm. And like a quarter ounce of fucking train wreck. What is train wreck? It's weed. Oh, it's, it's a strain of weed. Oh, and like, <laughs> like is that heroin? Like, uh, maybe like ten grams of train wreck in my suitcase when okay. I got when I came here. Okay. So like the Viking was going to be to make it so I had money, and then the train wreck is going to be for my head. So 
That worked out for the most part. I sold most of the Vicodin. I did a lot of them too. Gave some to dad because he likes Vicodin. I'm like, so. Friends in the family. Yeah, it really does. Those opioids, man, they'll get you. Um, but I got rid of most of that stuff and like was doing pretty good. I was going fishing every day, skating, you know, smoking little bits of pot here and there and like and just didn't have the drive to do like anything because before I moved from Texas, I got hella hooked on meth. Really? Yeah, just like out of happenstance of like just doing a bunch and fentanyl. Like I was getting fentanyl patches for hella cheap because I was growing pot and like getting all these Viking from Mexico from my buddy. And like I was at this bar and like everybody liked them. So like I met a whole bunch of people that had a whole bunch of stuff. Like that was like the beginning of the end. Right, because that's right. I knew I had to get out of Texas, man. Because I was shooting fentanyl patches and like fucking doing dope all the time. Like fucking banging fucking meth, and I was just really, um, really in a bad. spot. At that point, did you go? I have a problem because I feel like up to that yeah. point, you had never been like, yeah. I have a problem. I did. I was like, dude, you got to fucking stop. You my were like, friend. I don't have a handle on this. Like my friend Allison, like she's a real, she's a sweetheart, man. And like the girl I was living with at the time, this girl Sarah, was like, you have a fucking problem. You're a fucking drug addict, and I was like, you're a fucking psychopath. So like, fuck what you say. <laughs> she seriously is a psychopath, but like. <laughs> She was like smoking crack with the neighbor and shit. So like, and she's I like, like, you have a drug yeah, problem. Exactly. So and then I my friend Allison, she like was like, dude, you're like out there now, and like she'd come over and get the Vicodins and shit from me because she liked drugs too. But like, I started fucking having these fentanyl patches, and she was like, dude, please be careful, please be careful, and like, like she I, was like, she's doing other drugs, and she's realizing yeah, like and you're she's worried about further me, like, gone than. I even had like a poem that I wrote like her about like. Or, like, a text that I still remember texting her. And, like, I was, like, she's, like, be careful. And I was, like, not too much the siren whispered. It may kill you. And like <laughs> just about fentanyl. Like, and she was just, like, dude, please be careful. Oh, my God. You were, like, in love with fentanyl? Yeah. Like, for How real. many, at this point, you've lost multiple friends because of drugs, right? Fuck, dude. Like, so many. overdoses. And you've also had friends, like, who you've lost over, like, drug deals. But it yeah. wasn't until that moment that you were like, I got to stop. Yeah. Well, that was like a me thing. I was like, dude, something like this got to give, dude. Man. And like, it just took so much for me to be like, you know, like something's got to give for you, bro. Like for to admit that you have a problem. Yeah. And I was like, something, something's got to give. So is that where you're like, I'll go to Florida. I'll clean up. Yeah. And in that Florida. Was like, that was my plan was to like come to Florida and clean up and, like, fucking just get off of all these drugs and shit. Did you think, I'll get off all drugs? Or you're like, well, I'll go to Florida, I'll just stop doing meth and fentanyl, and then I'll be fine. That's what I was kind of going for, was to stop doing those things. Yeah. Because I was getting way out of control. I was super paranoid. I wasn't sleeping. Like, I was up. I was, like, there was so much shit happening, like, in Texas that, like, was sketchy. Like, oh, my God, so much sketchy shit. Yeah? Well, with... Like, people, and then, like, this gun, and, like, this these bodies, like, and, like, the whole, just a whole bunch of shit. Oh, pe- people are, like, dying, and there's all these, like, shit going yeah. on around drugs, and you're like, I don't want to be around like this. My friend's gun got stolen, and it got used in a murder, and then, like, there was all these cops sniffing around his house, and he just, as a young kid, and, like, I could just see him giving me up and being like, no, he's got dope, though, and, like, you know, and I was growing pot and, like, selling massive amounts of, like, methamphetamines and fucking fentanyl. Yeah. Like, so I was, like, just super paranoid. I wasn't sleeping because of the meth, and, like, it was just in a bad way. I was like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. And the girl I was living with wasn't helping any. She used a f- space case, 
And she's like, you're a fucking piece of shit. Anyway, she was just like not helping. So yeah. I just knew I had to get out of that element or I was going to end up like in prison or dying or something. Yeah. So like I got away from there as quick as I could and uh, ended up in Florida. Yeah. Okay. So, so when you originally came here, you were living with dad. And then the last I had talked to you was a, f- a few weeks before we all found out that you were in the hospital. Um, and I don't know if you remember this, but you called me because dad had kicked you out. I think I remember. And what you said was you got in a fight with Jesse, dad kicked you out, you have no money, and your phone was like getting ready to die. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't know what to do. So I was like trying to stay on the phone with you. Your phone dies. The next thing I hear is you went to jail. Yeah, I did go to jail. And that's because you went back to dad's house? Yeah, I went back to dad's house to go get some things and I got arrested. Like a charger and stuff? Yeah, I got arrested on that. I spent like two days in jail. I got out super quick, but like... Were you on... Were you still on the fentanyl and stuff no i was i was i was in texas i hadn't done that the whole time i'd been in florida okay so what were you on vicodin yeah i was definitely on vicodin that's mainly the main reason i went back to dad's house was to get like the stash of vicodin i had there okay so i had like like 100 pills there okay so you're like let me just get my pills ended up being 50 because he took some but like whatever and that was all the money and like shit that i had so you're like that was how I was gonna make money. Exactly. Were you planning like I'll make money off of this and then I'll by then I'll have had, I'll have found a job. Yeah. And I'll be stable. This is just. Well, did that feel temporary or were you like I'm gonna find more if I can I'm gonna sell more. No, I mean I could have got more. All I had to do was make a phone call. Yeah. Okay. So you're like this is just a temporary thing. Yeah. And then I'm gonna get out of drug dealing. I'm just gonna find a job, do my thing. So I was getting them for super cheap. I mean I probably still could get them if I wanted to, but I don't want to. So like. Good. But. Like, just a phone call. Like, I had friends in Texas that were willing to do that shit, but, like... So, and I ended up buying you... I got you a hotel room. Yeah, a night at a hotel room. Yeah, a night, maybe two? I don't maybe. know. I don't remember. I just Because rem- I remember there was a part of me that's like, I want to help you. I don't have that much money. And I didn't say it out loud, but I was like, I don't think I should send him money. Because I don't know what's going on. But I think maybe he's not sober. And I f- would feel terrible sending him money and then like me end up using yeah. it for drugs so i was like how can i help him without giving him money which is like i don't know what the right or wrong thing is but that was my logic yeah no and doubt. i didn't have more than enough money to get you you know here's two nights i can have a pizza delivered if i can figure that out yeah no and I, that helped like i mean i guess it helped but maybe it didn't like because of the people i met at the hotel hello oh no sure pause Morning. we're back after the doctor visit that uh it's good news that, doctor, you're going to go to the 14th floor, which is inpatient rehab, and that's fun. Yeah, that's super fun. Uh, we'll get to that, though. Um, let's see. Okay, so I feel like we're coming up on the the big climax of this whole situation. Um, <sighs> okay, so you're kicked out. You're doing... I get, What happens between... You getting kicked out because I remember we talked about Aunt Mo was gonna come have lunch with you and maybe you'd go live with her in Tampa. Yeah, that's probably what I should have done. But where? But you said you had like a friend who had a job for you. Yeah. And was I, that s- job sort of drugs or no, or I mean, 
It wasn't that was a that was a whole plan. That was like you yeah, really had a, a friend who it was like was a real job, and like that's who I was actually living with when all this happened. Okay, so you go live with your friend, and just still doing Vicodin the whole time. How did did you fully get back into drugs? What do you remember? Um, I remember like when I was at the travel lodge, I met this girl. Oh God! I saw her on your Facebook, and I immediately hated her. And I was like, "That woman is bad news." Yeah, she is bad news. She's—I mean, she's got kids and shit or whatever. I mean, she's anyone right. who has words like "never mind," I'm not gonna bust out this woman. But I saw her on her, your Facebook, and then mom friended her, and I was like, "Oh, this is just a hurricane of crazy women trying to befriend each other, and this is a recipe for disaster yeah, for all of us." Yeah, that totally was a recipe for disaster. Did so, like. There oh, was no, it's chick. the hotel I let you stay at. Yeah, anyway, she was in the room next door or whatever, and, like, she ended up coming over and, like, anyway. Yeah. It was... So you had a, a momentary fling in your fit of yeah. emotions and sadness and possibly on drugs. Yeah, and then, like, I ended up having, like, my buddy, like, send me a care package there, which contained, like... A hundred or so Vicodin. Good Lord. Yeah, so that was interesting. So I was able to pay for the room for a couple more days. Okay. After all that and stuff like that. So that was... That? That, yeah. And then you go so live with your friends? And then I got, yeah, and then I got, like, able or to go live with my buddy. And she's like, well, what about me? And I was like... What about you? What about you? She's like, well, I can't come live with you. And I was like, fuck no. No, I'm going to be like. I barely have a fucking place to live. No, fuck no. What do you think uh, this Oh, she like thought you guys were going to run away together. I don't know what the fuck she thought, man. But Aren't like, you going to take care of my kids? Yeah, I wasn't going to like take the travel lodge booty and run with it. <laughs> she was a sweet girl, but like. You're like, this was, uh, this was supposed to be a low point in my life. Yeah, I was like, look, man. It's n- n- nothing on you. But I mean, at that time, like she did introduce me to some people that like. I mean... That had drugs. Yeah, and, like, I was selling, like, the Vicodin and shit to, like, her people and, like, trading them for other shit, like, because, you know, I'm a drug addict, so, like, that's what we do. Yeah. So, like, mostly pot at first, and then it started being, like, dope. Yeah? So, like, yeah, so I traded it some in for dope, and then, like, I ended up... I don't even know how, like... When I got to Chris's house in Winter Springs, like... I was like, all right, I'm cleaning up, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I think one time I had someone come out there and bring me some smack. And, like, after that I was like, all right, I'm fucking done. Because I think my buddy DJ, who's, like, Chris's brother, who was, like, ex-junkie, and he, like, he fucking caught on super quick to what the fuck was going on. Because he knows he, all the he, oh yeah. sneaky shit. He knows all he the tricks all. of the trade. He knows everything. And he was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I have a pretty fucking good idea. Fucking quit it. Don't. And I was like, all right. So I kind of heated that. And like, kind of stuck to my own. I didn't have anybody come over. I was like, all right, well, like, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be good about this. I'm not gonna fuck this off. I'm gonna sober it's up. Only place to live. Together. And then like, you know, I started drinking a little bit. And like, I didn't really even smoke that much pot. Like, just drinking mostly. Yeah, mostly drinking a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot. Just because that was all I could do. And like, lots of wine, lots of bourbon. But I mean, lots of whatever was available that you could afford. Pretty much, yeah. So classic addict. Pretty much. So I mean, there was all that. I wasn't getting Vicodin sent anymore from Texas. I stopped that. I stopped everything. Like, so you're like, I'm good. Yeah, and I was supposed to get, like, my friend was supposed to send me, like, a substantial amount of pot that he owed me. And that never came through. That fucker still owes me, but, like, whatever. Not really worried about that. But <laughs> he sent me a little bit, and, like, I sold that, and, like, I got some money, like, a decent amount. So I gave Chris and them some money. 
stay there like a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Like your rent or yeah. Thank you for and I got like side jobs. I never really had like a full time job. It was Were no you trying lawns. to get a full time job? Yeah, I was looking and like all the time. Okay. Like so, I was like doing odd jobs, like mowing grass and like fucking you know working at a restaurants here and there, just to you know make ends. You don't have a car, do you? No, I didn't. I was skating everywhere at this point and like riding a bike. And you were still selling. No. No, okay. I wasn't selling anything at this it point. It impresses me how much you sold drugs and never really had a car. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> but I guess addicts will come to you. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> will. If you have drugs, they'll definitely come to you. But, I mean, I was, like, trying to do right or whatever and, like, I was doing all right at it. I mean, yeah. nothing crazy. Then, like, I'm not really sure how all this transpired, but, like, I went out one night after I got paid, and, like, I don't remember. I remember, like, scoring some blow and maybe some, like... Hair dope? Yeah, and I think Smack it was fentanyl. Heroin. Fentanyl. You don't really know. I mean, it was, You've like been drinking? White. Yeah, I was drinking. It was just a a, a substance that you were going to put yeah, inside you. Yeah, it was, like, so I was, like, all right. And I had, like, some needles left over, and I was, like, all right, At cool. this point, how long it ha- had it been since you had done anything besides drink? It had drink? been a while. Like, a month or two. A month so or I'd two? Like okay. completely, like, cleaned up. So, I got, like, some of it and did it, and then I think the next day I was, like, able to, like, go on an interview or something, but that was the end of that. Like, that was the last time I remember anything, and I guess I got found, like, that day. I don't remember any of it. Like, I didn't get found at the house. I got found, like, down somewhere. On the street? Like, yes. Like, with a needle? No, I don't think I didn't. Oh, I don't. Like, I feel like that's the story I was told, but I don't maybe, remember. Maybe I mean I don't really remember any of it. It ca- could have totally happened, but like I don't. I didn't really like make it a habit to do dope outside the house. And if I did it like at the house, I did it like in one place. I was like in my room with the door locked, like so no one could find me doing it. So you must have like you did this at like the bar or something. No, it was this was like during the day, so it was like the next day. It had to have been. So you did the drugs and they were just still in your system? You no, I, I had more left over. Like so, there was like more. So you did more and then probably it was like a wash or like the what little bit i had left in a baggie and then like all the washes which are like the cottons like cottons yeah oh so like which is like like the heroin equivalent of uh res yeah like yeah pretty much is that the word yeah resin like yeah (laughs) pretty much okay they're just all like the residuals whatever's like left over in these little pieces of cotton you like put back in your spoon and you can get high on them one more time maybe unsick would be more the term i would use oh because it's like you're getting the the brown sugar shakes yeah you get fucking dope sick yeah yeah um but i mean so you don't really remember the actual like overdosing nope you still have no idea where you were found it was just good samaritan yeah someone just found me and called 911 and like i had like a whole different scenario of how this all transpired in my head like what did you think happened when you came to like I was like at the house and like living with dad like that. No, house. I was. Oh, at, no, no, I okay. was at uh, Chris's house and I was in the garage and I was just like, oh, I gotta go to the hospital. Something's fucking wrong. And like someone, I think dad came and got me and took me to the hospital. That's what you thought had happened. That's what I thought had happened. So that's just all something you like either made up or dreamed up within yeah. this. Yeah. So that's you. What didn't happen? <laughs> so you just wake up in a hospital. Pretty much. Uh, how did that feel? It was fucking weird. Yeah? Because I thought I was there for, like, a job. What do you mean? I, like, was thought I was there for a job. Like, I thought I was there for, like, to be a medical assistant or something. Oh, like, you were so out of it that you thought, like... Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm here for the medical assistant because there was a bunch of, like, 
people that were there to get jobs and i was like oh yeah no i'm, I'm here for that there were like students around you you're like in a hospital bed yeah <laughs> going like and they're like oh and i thought like we were all playing like the patient or you're whatever. like i'm playing the patient yeah and um, they're probably like, sure you are, buddy. Yeah, they were like playing along. They're like, yeah, okay. And then like, I don't like know what the fuck I was thinking. At what point were you like, wait a second. This is not what I think it is. I, when I like couldn't breathe and like they were like, no, no, you're definitely here for a reason. And like this guy from Russia, like a doctor, he was like, no, let me tell you a little story, bud. And like <laughs> told me this tale. And I was like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, you were airlifted here and like shit's serious and you're fucking in critical condition. And I was like, what the fuck? And then like they transferred me here. So that was at a different hospital? Yeah, this was at South Seminole. And they transferred you here? Yeah, I think. I don't know if I was airlifted here. I came by. I think I was airlifted here. Yeah, they, this is the place you were airlifted, I think, yeah, from the so story was, I was told. I don't really via remember mom, via the doctor. Either. Yeah, so you were just, I mean, well, you were nearly dead. Yeah, I was about dead. The doctor said if if you had been found 12 hours later, you would have died. You'd be dead. Yeah, I was pretty much... Was hearing that when you heard the doctor go like, no, this is... Let me tell you a tale. Yeah. How did that make you feel? I was like, what the fuck? Like, I didn't remember any of that. And I was like, man, are you... That can't have... That couldn't have been me. And that that was, man. I was like, wow, I don't remember any of that shit. And they're like, well, it's not uncommon. And they told me, like, what I had and, like, why. I was like, well, like, rhabdomyolysis and, like, what the fuck? And they're like, compartment syndrome. And you're lucky to be alive. And I was like, what the fuck? How did all this happen? And I was trying to replay it in my brain, and I still never, I still haven't You still have it. no yeah, idea. I still haven't got it. Like, Could right. be your brain just doing you a favor. Probably. Let's just tuck like, that away. Blocking it out. Yeah? Like, yeah, I still don't. I like to think. If someone found me or whatever, man, I like to thank them. But, like, I don't know. Were they, like, the the doctors knew it was drugs? Um, No, they didn't really at first. They just knew I had rhabdomyolysis, and I was found down. And like the the big wound I have on my ass cheek and this all it was just from like laying on being on that side. Yeah. And like all the So the, maybe you could have just passed out for yeah. some reason. In your head, were you were you like this is probably drugs, but I'm not gonna say anything? No, or were was, you like, Well, maybe I just passed out? Like, no, I definitely told him what was up. I was like, Yeah, I have fucking history of like being a heroin addict and they're like, When's the last time you used? And I was like, Well, I don't really remember and then like kind of came to me but you know to this day like i couldn't say if it was like i overdosed or what happened but like i'm just lucky to be alive if i did overdose or i didn't or what like but i mean it could have been the weather like because it was super hot that day and i was like dehydrated i, I don't know could have been one of a million things but, like, so you don't drugs definitely played a part in it i know that like drugs it wouldn't have happened where there are not drugs involved yeah, and if it well, it wouldn't have been this severe. Yeah, if, it, if there weren't drugs involved. So you're not. I might have just been dehydrated or something. I wouldn't have like had rhabdomyolysis and compartment syndrome. Like, yeah, and you would have probably just passed the fuck out or whatever yeah, seemed to happen. Yeah, some water and some IV fluids, and I'd have been all right. But now it's been like a month, and I've been in the hospital. So like, how are you feeling? Lucky, man. Yeah. Yeah, I feel lucky to be alive, and like, I feel like. I'm supposed to be here. Like, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but like, like that was your moment of like my trial by like fire. Like, like you would have died if you were, if there wasn't a purpose yeah, if there for wasn't you. a purpose for me to be here. Then I would have just died right there. Like someone wouldn't have found the you. End of my fucking story. Like, oh, you don't really have a purpose. So you're dead. All right. Well, moving forward. Like, so you're going to go from here to inpatient rehab. Yeah. At the hospital? Yeah, according to the lady that, that was uh, <laughs> the hijab. Um, oh. 
Burka, hijab, same thing. Okay, well, let's not show our racial ignorance. Oh, well, um, <laughs> good job. She was a Muslim doctor, you guys. It's fine. Um, she was very nice and apparently is heavily advocating for you. Kurdish. Um, uh, they were worried about you being able to go into rehab, right? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah. And I mean, it's not going to be like an inpatient rehab for drugs. It's going to be an inpatient rehab for, for like your body, for my body to like get my legs working. I mean, they work, but they're not like, I mean, I awesome. saw you try to, st- yeah, they barely work. Yeah. I got to use the walker and like, you're going to need a lot of physical therapy. Yeah. Taking this shit's an accomplishment. If that says anything. So like, <sighs> yeah. How are you feeling about drugs? I mean, I get them every day. Yeah, that's weird. That like, is. do you think do you think you don't ever want to do them again? I imagine. I, I don't mean, know. No, I don't really, but I know I'm gonna have to. Like, when I get out of here, like, I'm gonna obviously have to take painkillers just to like get through the day and move about. Like, because there's no way, like, the dressing change that I had today. There's no way I could have done that without like being on painkillers. The oxys that they gave me earlier. Like, there's no way. Have you talked to them about how you're going to get off of those? Um. Is there a plan? I mean, I don't know. I think they'll cover that when I get to rehab or, like, whatever. But, I mean, I'm definitely going to be going to, like, meetings and stuff like that. Probably going to be not drinking for a very long time. Which is probably good because, like, I've noticed that, like... I mean, you said at the beginning of this podcast what got you into drugs was, like, well, I was drunk and, like, you're drinking. Your inhibitions are lowered. Do you think maybe you might quit drinking altogether? Yeah, probably. Because, like, I look back and, like, a lot of the problems I have with drugs are, like, alcohol-related, if that makes any sense. I mean, I'm sure it doesn't hurt. They're drug-related, too. Like, yeah. Because I like drugs and I like to be high and stuff like that. I'm an addict, like, no doubt, like, to the illest extent. But, like, alcohol doesn't help. It definitely clouds the mind. You're just like, it's fine. Like, I it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah we're like, fine. For real. Only thing worse than an addict is a fucking drunk addict. Like, for oh. real. Like, I mean, it's just two addictions in one i think pretty much or just piling it on do you think so you're gonna try to go to like what like na like sober programs like aana something like that like i don't know like i mentioned like something about pot or like whatever like that and Aunt margaret and Emma were like well i don't think that's such a good idea and i was like well i mean you guys aren't really like a drug addict or never have been so like maybe you should like not judge me for that like well i know but i also get the logic of like I think, at least at the beginning, doing a little bit of one drug probably isn't a great idea. No, I'm not. Because then you like, go, oh, I'm okay with the pot. Yeah, no, I'm not going to dive right into that. Like, And if I do start even doing like smoking pot again or like eating edibles or anything, it'll be well after I heal up and like get off of fucking painkillers and stuff like that. Because like, I'm not stupid. I'm well aware as like... I'm going to have to take painkillers for a while just to, like, get my strength back. Just to function. Like, yeah, just to, like, because these wounds are no joke. Like, I mean, they're gnarly. Does it does it worry you, the idea of having, like, still having prescription drugs, like, access to, like, a, access to a prescription yeah. once you're gone? Oh, yeah. That definitely worries me. But, like, I mean, the stuff they give me now is, like, you know, Oxy-10s or, like, 5s or whatever. And, like, they're formulated to not be able to, like, tamper with or whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're, yeah. like, tamper-evident or tamper-resistant or proof or whatever. Nothing's really tamper-proof, but, like... Uh, I mean, but they can know. How yeah. do you... Um, obviously, you know a ton of people connected to drugs. Yeah. Have Are you going to cut those people out of your life? Like, what's your plan? Probably. I'm going to live with, like, Aunt Margaret and Aunt Mo. 
who are so the like, furthest from drug addicts. Yeah, for real. So like that'll be like probably help me like the most. It's like, so great that just, they are. It is really angels. good that they're trying to like do right by me, their drug addict nephew. So let's. They're they really are angels, man. They like they're like so willing to help and like. They're just always like that. They're really like that with grandma. They're like that with anybody. You know? With anybody who needs help. Yeah. Family or not family. They'll just be like, no, we can help you. We can help you. As long as you want to help yourself, we'll, we're willing to help. Which I think is more than fair. It is. And I'm definitely willing to help myself, obviously, because I definitely need to change or I'm going to fucking die. Like, I came to grips with that a while back. And I was like, dude, if you don't, like, do something, you're going to fucking die. Like, you're going to yeah. die. And you realize that, like, that's not what you want? No, and this isn't how I want to go out. I think I got a lot more to do. Like, I got a lot to learn, but I think I might have even a little more, to t- like, a little something to teach people. Yeah? Do you think maybe that's what all this, the silver lining is? Maybe you... Maybe, maybe. Are you hoping maybe to, like, go out and talk about your story and help other people? Yeah. I mean, I talked to Nate about it, and, like, me and Nate have had a couple of heart-to-hearts, and, like, I mean, I want to reach out to him and help him the most, like, because he's family, and, like... He definitely needs it. He's got a kid and shit, and, like, he just is so lost, man. And, like, I love the kid to death, like, and, I mean, for some reason, he looks up to me. (laughs) I don't understand why, but, like, and it's always been like that. Like, people have always kind of, like, Keegan and Nathan, they are always been like, man, you're, like, the dude I looked up to. And I was like, why the fuck would you look up to me? Because you're older than them. Yeah. That's what you do. You're, like, the big brother. Yeah. But, I mean, like, look at me, man. I'm not anybody to be looked up to, like, you know? Like, mm. I, fucked, I fucked up, like, really hard. Like, don't... I well, the good news is is that fucking up doesn't mean you can't change moving forward. That's true. And, like, I'm just glad I have the opportunity to do that and I didn't die somewhere, like, in a fucking ditch. Yeah? Yeah, like, that's that that's, that was a real... That was a real possibility, like... Yeah? Like, do you think... I could have died in a fucking ditch somewhere. That's very true. Do you think that... Do you think the fact that you either overdosed or whatever whatever this situation was that I've been calling an overdose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could have been an overdose or, like, I still don't know. So I've like, been like, I my brother overdosed, but... I don't really know. Like, do you think this situation was a crazy random thing or do you think with the life you were living, something like this was inevitable? I think it was inevitable. It was bound to happen at some point, like... Because I've watched too many friends, like, OD and, like, go through the same shit. Like, Ben, I don't know how... I don't know how my friend Ben... What up, Ben? I don't know how he's still alive. This kid's overdosed like nine fucking times. Like I don't really don't. What well, and he just gets taken to the hospital? And, like, yeah, and he's it? completely fucking fine. Like I don't yeah. know how. Like he's a, like I don't know. He overdoses more than anybody I know. Yeah. And like he's still alive, and like he just keeps keeps trucking. I he's, think that's why he keeps getting back into it, which I think is a testament to the strength of addiction. Yeah, and he's like he's doing good now, man. He's got a he's got a motorcycle, and he's living up in uh, Linwood. So he's doing all right. Yeah. Do yeah, you I think um We Facebook. We Facebook. Yeah. I like that. Do you think um how do you feel about the stigma around drug addiction? I think that there's a huge stigma around it and people are think it's taboo or like maybe it's like, oh well maybe you do drugs because you're weak or you can't handle life or like man, it knows no bounds, man. It doesn't know creed or race or sex or color doesn't matter like what you just socioeconomic status drugs don't give a fuck dude yeah they don't care they do not care and they do not discriminate and it's just one thing that i've learned like going through life is you never know who the addicts are and you never like really know like someone's story until you take the time out and like talk to them or what someone's been through like 
you really just don't know. Yeah, and do you think that like as a society maybe we sweep it under the rug or people are like definitely people don't get the help they need as quickly because people don't want to talk about it? Like do you feel like if you would do you think there's opportunities where somebody maybe might have known something was up and they could have said something to you but instead didn't? Um yeah, I think maybe that like people are like, "Well, no, I think I think he's got a handle on it or maybe they like had an inkling or like uh an idea." Yeah. And they were like, no, I think it's it's okay. And they didn't want to bring it up because they didn't want to seem like, I don't know. Rude, rude or weird. But, like yeah, but it is like a weird, I get it. People get like, f- it's a forward thing. Yeah, it really is. It's like a taboo thing and they don't want to talk about it. And there's no good way to bring it up. No, there's not. And the only good way to bring it up is like, are you on fucking drugs? Tell me right now. Like, you know, you need to be forward and direct with this shit because it can kill you. It can take it can take your life or the life of a loved one. And like, you don't want to be the guy sitting there being like, well, I should have. I thought something was up and I should have asked. The like, bargaining you, phase You guy. don't want to be that person, man. You really like, don't. Like, only I had said something. Yeah, I've never been that person. But like, you don't want to be that person. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. Like, I've been on a couple sides of the fence when it comes to drug addiction and people overdosing and dying and stuff like that. And like, it's sad every time, but like there's certain sides of the argument or the fence that you just don't want to be on. And the one that was like, Oh, I should have said something and didn't can guarantee that's not a fun one. Yeah, for sure. But what's your, uh, going forward from here, what are your hopes, your plans as far as life and 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 your addiction and, I can get the help I need and in turn like maybe like I can help somebody else like pay it forward so to speak like yeah. if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like cuz I makes mean sense. I obviously like there's a reason I'm still alive or like there's a reason that like this has happened to me or something but like I'm not 100% sure what it is but I know that I can use it for good or I can use it for evil. Yeah. Like I know there's two ways to go here. And if I know anything that like it's not the time to go, like, evil. Like, I've done that enough in my life. And, like, maybe I should try to go the other way and see what happens. Yeah. But definitely there's, like, this is one of those, like, fork-in-the-road type, once-in-a-lifetime fucking opportunities that people rarely get. Yeah. And, like, something needs to be done positively with it. Otherwise, it's just another wasted opportunity. Yeah. I'm tired of wasting opportunities. Like, I feel like maybe I've wasted, like, a bunch of them in my lifetime or, like, haven't acted on them to my full potential. Yeah, and you don't want to do that anymore. No, I really don't. I want to, like, do right by, like, I don't have fucking kids or anything like that, but I want to do right by myself and, in turn, like, do right by, like, my family because, like, man, I'm I'm sick and tired of disappointing these people that I love so much and that care so much about me, and I can guarantee they're fucking sick of it. Like, I don't know why they are agreeing to help me now, but, like, they are, and, like... Because you're family. Yeah, I know, but still, I've fucking disappointed people, like... I mean, like, a fucking professional is, like, a a pro at disappointing (laughs) people and letting motherfuckers down, like, for real, not even just my family, like, strangers, too, don't think it's just family, like, I'll let a stranger down, no fucking problem, like... Like, oh, you didn't even know that you were counting on me. Right? Boom. You let down. How you like like me now? Like, you know, I... It's your superhero power. Yeah. It's let me down, man. It's shitbag guy. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, he's a shitbag. Yeah, what's the theme song? Don't let me down. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a huge piece of shit. Right? <laughs> it's a turd with wings. Torn cab eyes and a button nose. <laughs> Stupid. Are you worried? Uh, <laughs> the way the medical system and like 
just society uh, treats drug addiction? Are you concerned about being able to get the treatment you need? Um, I don't know about the treatment I need because... Or the support, maybe, that you need going the support, forward? Yeah, the support is probably going to be the biggest, like thing i'm gonna have a stigma with or like people might have a stigma with or i'm gonna have to like get over myself because i'm just gonna be like oh they think i'm just like a drug addict or they think i'm just like some fucking druggie or they don't really know i'm not like i'm not a bad person i might have done some fucked up shit in my life but i mean it was for drugs like <laughs> come on now it's, i'm a drug addict i'm not a bad person okay like doesn't make you a bad person because you're addicted to drugs like if we held like alcoholics accountable for all the bad shit they did while they were drunk yeah, people just get to go, ah, I was drunk. Yeah, me and my mom probably wouldn't talk. Like, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's I mean, true. I uh, don't hold it against her, and I hope that, like, other people don't hold it against me. Like, I mean, there's there's totally some motherfuckers that hold some shit against me because I've totally fucked some people over really bad in my lifetime, and they totally deserve to be pissed off to all hell to me and, like, never speak to me again. I mean, but they're not direct family. I don't think I've fucked my direct family over like that. Like that. I hope I haven't. And judging by, like, the response that I've been getting since I've been in the hospital, I haven't fucked anybody in my immediate family over that bad to where they just don't want to have anything to do with me. They've been super supportive. And, like, if anything, man, like, you guys are, like, getting me through this shit, like, for real. Uh, I'm glad to help. Yeah, man, like, talking to you, like, talking to Nathan, like, man, Nathan's been helping me a bunch. And I've been, I have been I hope I've been helping him. He needs help. And, like, Nate, if you listen to me, I love you, little brother. Oh, I love him, too. I miss him. I do, too, man. He's got kids, like, you know, but, like, there again, like, that goes into the whole, like, he's a veteran, and, like, you know, there's just, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, like. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, for real. That's a whole nother issue. Yeah, man. PTSD and. Yeah, and, like, that goes hand in hand with drug addiction and, like, you know. Do you think some of your drug use do you think any of it's like coping with is was a coping thing fuck yeah yeah oh yeah definitely i'm not gonna say like oh i use drugs because my parents got divorced at an early age i'll use drugs because drugs make you feel awesome like don't get me wrong but the reason i started using drugs was you know there's a million reasons but like i mean that had something to do with it like you didn't feel adequate enough as a person or you thought there was something lacking in your life or like you just felt shitty you felt like you felt like you could do more. And then yeah. you're just like, I could do more. Like, we'll try heroin. <laughs> I could do more. More drugs. Yeah, right? And then, like, you try drugs. And then you're like, oh, these aren't that bad. Even though they are. And, like, they almost kill you. Sometimes they succeed. Trust me, I know a lot of people who have lost that fucking battle. Yeah, you do. Lots of friends. Yeah, lots of friends. And just... <sighs> Horrible. It is, man. And I'm lucky I made it out the other side, like... I really am. I don't know how and I don't know why, but like here I am talking to this microphone with my beautiful little sister. Huh? I'm glad you're still here. I and am too, hopefully man. getting your shit together. Man, I tell you We're one all thing. supporting you. I don't want to fucking do this shit again, so I'm pretty much done with dope. Yeah. Like, do mean, you think is it at all helpful we're gonna wrap up in a minute here and I would love to get your final thoughts, but one more question. Yeah. The fact that sort of the man behind the curtain's been exposed, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. now your family knows that you have a drug problem. Do you think that actually alleviates a little of... Do you think that makes it any easier to to be actively trying to help yourself with treatment and sobriety because now you 
do you feel at all like you can talk more openly about it or does it not make a difference no it definitely is gonna help like because before like you said you're like there's like a song that's like i'm the man in the box like you know covered in my here i am in my shit like you know it's alice yeah. chain song like it's about addiction and like you know and that's how you feel like you feel all alone like and you know that no one can know like your secret and then once it's all out and exposed like it's like this big weight and this big secret's been told and it's already out and you're just like oh fuck it like, you they know this like you, can't, know. you can't be like that's not true you're just like well the jig is up yeah right it is and like then you have like then you have this overwhelming like thing of support and you're like well what if i would have just said this earlier yeah that you didn't even realize was there yeah and i'm like because you think man they don't want to help me i'm a drug addict like, yeah they'll just be like you're you're a drug addict like, a thousand stigmas yeah exactly so you have all these negative thoughts going through your head and then you're on drugs like so that doesn't fucking help yeah like you know so now you're like unclear thinking is like even that more unclear because your drug addled brain's like oh no 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 like don't tell they're gonna think i'm a bad person and then they might take my drugs exactly that's pretty much how you think because the only thing you think about when you're an addict is where your next fix is going to come from like that's all you really think about yeah you just stop caring about anything pretty much that's all you really care about is there i mean this is seems like it's your rock bottom other than this any notable key moments of rock bottomness yeah do you do was there anything before this and it's okay if there wasn't was there any other moment before this that you th- and maybe it was did someone just fall or did you fart it doesn't matter fart. a lot of noises in hospitals um was there any other moment and maybe it was in texas before you went to florida but well i don't know why i'm saying so much that you thought was a rock bottom and you're um, like that's it i'm cleaning up did you have multiple rock bottoms or was this really kind of think it i was gonna clean up i was just like why do i fucking put myself through this shit like and it was like Christmas time, last Christmas. Last Christmas. Yeah. And the chick I was living with, we weren't dating or anything, but she had moved some other dude into the house and like, it was super really weird. Really weird and yeah, hurtful. Yeah, awkward. And I just remember like getting fucking tore back on fucking dope. Like, I mean, fucked up. Like, yeah. And like, just being all alone on christmas and like fucking just being like what the fuck like all feeling sorry for myself and like just shit you should never ever do like you know but like that was like a rock bottom for me and i was like man you gotta stop doing this shit this is just gonna kill you I remember crying a lot and like hyperventilating and shit and she's like what's wrong with you i don't understand why you're fucking so upset and i was like you fucking ruined my life you cunt like so, and you're like yeah. emotional, but also on drugs on top of that. Yeah, so like that didn't help at all. So like, okay, that's that was like a low point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you think like maybe I'll turn my life around? Nope. No, you're just like, if I just move out and do drugs somewhere else, I'll be fine. No, I was just like, man, if I kick this bitch to the curb and stop caring about her, life would be fucking great. Like if I just didn't have feelings, I'd be okay. Exactly. And hence doing drugs because it numbs the feelings. Exactly. So that's when you switch from heroin to more fentanyl. Mm. All right. Smart, smart. <laughs> smart, not smart at all. <laughs> um, any final thoughts? Things you would like to share? Yeah, don't do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> like for real. Sorry for laughing. I mean, no. Yeah, like, don't do drugs. Yeah, I mean, you, your life might suck and shit, or like you might think your life sucks, dude. Bro, fucking please. All right. Your life does not suck. People love you. Like, I need someone to tell me this fucking years ago, probably. Like, 
you're not a piece of shit. You're all right. You might have done some fucked up stuff in your life, but like you're not a piece of shit. And like people like you. You're good enough. You're smart enough. And doggone it, people like you. At least you retained all your memories of weird TV and movie clips. Yeah, right. Hey, man, those are all there. That's good. That's the important stuff. Now, if I could just forget how to like that, I did drugs in the first place, and be like, you don't have a problem. You never had a problem. You're you're just the squarest boy in the world. Yeah, Christopher boy. freaking Robin. If you could go back to your self before you tried drugs for the first time, would mm. you do it and try to stop yourself? I don't know. That's a tough one, man. I uh, I've learned so much about like other people and myself, like doing because drugs of all the situations. Just because all these situations. So you think like, this is all the stuff that leads up to you being. The person I'm supposed to be, maybe, like, I don't know about, like, if this is what's going to shape me. And it it seems kind of, like, bougie or, like, fucked up to, like, be like, well, like, I learned a lot about myself doing drugs. Like, I mean, but you do, like, yeah, you learn a lot, like, what you're willing to do for drugs, like, and what you're willing to do as a person. And, like, sometimes you're not very proud of the shit you've done or, like, the shit you're capable of doing. What's up? You have a second dick for heroin? No, fuck no. No. But fentanyl. <laughs> no, I've never sucked a dick for anything, like, ever. Like, just way more creative than sucking a dick for something. Not even for love? Nope. Never <laughs> for love. Definitely not for love. That's how I know love's a drug. Yeah. <laughs> you ever sucked a dick for fentanyl? Yeah. No? Did it for love once. What's love? Where do you get that? What's Where his name? Where do you get that? Who's, who's Martinez? that? Martinez? Has he got that shit? Huh? 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 How much <laughs> does it cost? The 50 grams? 60? Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Is it good? good? It's good. Is it good? Let me get that love. Let me get, let me get that love, man. I'll take, <sighs> I'll take two. All right. Well... You don't have anything to plug because you're a normal person, so you don't have like a show. Yeah, no, I don't um, have a show. Just you know what, man? If you're like going through hard times in your life, just fucking you know, reach out to your family members, man. Don't reach out to your dope man or like your ex girlfriend. God, for the fucking love of God, don't reach out to your ex girlfriend. <laughs> just reach out to your family, man, and like, you know, like <laughs> we're still going. We're finishing right you now. Through a whole bunch of stuff, and like that's just just let, like let let your family see you through. Don't like, yeah. That's it? That's it, man. All right. Thank you for letting me interview you. Thank you. Love you, little sister. I love you, too.